It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call to bring up whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160. And you can call and bring, bring up whatever is on your mind or talk about what we're talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about a black man in Ohio getting attacked with a canine. And the police officer who let the canine go actually got fired. Not wow, th- shocking. Not that police officers aren't allowed to let their dogs attack you, but apparently he didn't do it in the right way. Hmm. So we'll get into that. I also wanted to talk about the Barbie movie because, Ian, you and I went and saw it the day it came out, didn't we? And who are you? Oh, in the studio with you tonight is me, Bonnie. And I'm Ian. That just confused me when you said that. That's okay. Just wanted to make sure the audience knew. I know, but... We went and saw the Barbie movie, didn't we? We sure did. And I have to say, it was really uh, a lot of fun. I had, of course, you know, growing up a boy, had no interest in Barbies uh, as a a child. I was playing with Transformers. But uh, I also, my sister, I don't think really was that into them. Maybe she had a couple of them or something, but... I remember asking you before if your sister was into Barbies and you said, no, she's into Care Bears. Yeah, that sounds about more, more her speed, but... Um, so I don't really have any like stories about torturing Barbies because that was like a thing that uh, that boys grew up doing yeah. was like trying to harm the the Barbie dolls that their sisters had. Um, so I never really had that. We that would experience. always me and my sister who were like the same age. Like she's not my twin, but she's as close as you can basically get to being the same age as being a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, she's only like less than a year and a half older than me. We would always play with Barbies. Barbie was my thing. It and my sister's thing. It was not Bratz dolls. I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to That's have like Bratz dolls. That's like a newer dolls. thing that, that came out, no, what, that, 20 years ago? That came out when I was a kid, too. Right. But, I mean, I'm only 27, <laughs> but... Um, well, they didn't have that in the 1980s. Right. In the, in the 80s, it was like Cabbage Patch Kids were really big. Yep, and that's hit on in the uh, Barbie movie, yep. Baby Dolls. And then Barbie, of course, was really big. I mean, there were probably other things that I was just not privy to as a boy. Right. Uh, but those were the two that like made it into my perceptions. As far as... Dolls, it was basically just Polly Pocket and Barbie dolls that my sister and I played with all the time. Mm-hmm. And then there was lots of like animal dolls like T.Y. Beanie Babies or Ty, however you say it. Yeah, I remember seeing the Polly Pocket ads in the 90s. Yeah, those Polly Pockets that first came out were the tiny ones that literally mm-hmm. were like, oh, it's pocket size. You get a little right. heart locket thing and a tiny Polly Pocket. I had one of those, but only like one. And then they came out with a bigger sized one. And she would still have her own little house that was like small and compact but it was bigger. Yeah, I love Polly Pocket and their little plastic, um, almost like rubber clothes are really hard to get on her. That was so fun. But Barbie was always number one. Mm-hmm. Like one of my first Christmases I can remember, I still lived in Alaska, so I had to be less than three years old. I got a Barbie house and we had that forever. They and, had that in the movie? Yep, like the Barbie Dream House. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was that brand of Barbie Dream House or what, but I, I had some Barbie big house. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my brother that was eight years older than me, we would always try to get him to come play Barbie with us because he would first act like he was playing Barbies with us. And then he'd like destroy everything and make us laugh. Mm. So he didn't like kill our Barbies, like cut their hair off or something like that. But he would like make Barbie get in a car accident. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sounds like something a boy would do. Yeah. And, and also, I only remember having one Ken ever. 
And I always remember hmm. Ken having brown hair. He has blonde hair in this I movie. I think they had multiple but, Kens. Yeah, no, I'm, there must be multiple ones. I just never paid attention hmm. to Ken. It's not like I went down the Barbie aisles Neither and did Barbie, apparently. Right. And that's kind of the point of the movie, mm-hmm. that Ken is just an accessory to Barbie. But um, yeah, I had a, this snake T.Y. Beanie Baby that we used as a boy for some reason. Okay. Imagination. <laughs> yep. And um, I don't know. I That was one part about the movie that I really liked was that it, in a way, that maybe you would have to have grown up playing dolls to understand, because it's kind of trying to explain it to Ian, but he didn't really seem to know what I meant. The Barbie movie felt less like a movie with this movie flow, like, oh, it's part one, part two, and now we're in the last scene, and it's Mm -hmm. all going to be put together. It felt more like a girl playing with Barbies, Hmm. a whole bunch of Barbies at once, and then she's going through and... Okay, now we got to figure out what happens to this one for the end of the day of this story we made. It's mm-hmm. it didn't feel so organized. But is it, that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I thought it was a good thing because not all movies are that way. Like lots of movies have this obvious like you know where this is going type of thing. This one kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. But um the the big question right now is was Barbie woke? And we know for sure that Go woke, go broke didn't work on this. Yeah, it hit what 150 million or something this weekend. It got a record for I don't know what you said it was post COVID or no, I think it was this year. Just a record for this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it did really well, especially with movies not doing that well. I saw so many of my friends posting that they're going to see it, and it seems like everybody wanted to wear pink to go see the movie. And now I've been seeing way more people than normal just wearing pink in their day to day lives. Like, I wouldn't be surprised so? if store owners checked their, like, inventory by color and saw that pink was going up. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't have any proof of that, but I, I, be- I believe it. I would assert that it's true. Um, but yeah, a lot of the people that went and saw Barbie, I think, took it too much on face value. Like, I Well, it was feel- definitely um, all about promoting the idea of the patriarchy as this sort of negative thing. So I think from that perspective, it was quote unquote woke. If, I mean, if you the said word, all about. If the definition of woke is politically correctisms of the current moment, then But was yeah. it? Like you said that's, that was what it was all about. And I don't agree that that was well, one, I, what I, it was all about. Or two, that they were only making woke people look good. They weren't. They weren't just like, oh, Woke is obviously right the whole time. They were making some, a woke character look bad. Really? Who's that? The teenage girl. Okay. Yeah. She would go that's off true. calling Barbie fascist and all this stuff, and she was a bad character until she had a change of heart. Hmm. And they're they're making her look like an annoying, like you don't really get it. She doesn't really get it. Her she's only seeing the face value of Barbie. You know being white or whatever mm-hmm. oh well you made us feel bad because we don't have straight hair is something she said or maybe it was blonde hair and I, I played with so many blonde barbies never even considered that i didn't have blonde hair so i think that's kind of silly okay um yeah i, I think you make a good point about that she is a very negative character initially and she has all the hallmarks of a woke quote-unquote woke person i, I don't she like using the term calls- woke so i'd rather say politically correct but yeah um, she has all those uh, hallmarks and then, as you say, does have a shift in her character later on. But they definitely hit hard on patriarchy this, patriarchy that. 
patriarchy sort of the without getting into too much detail i don't want to spoil the film but the patriarchy sort of the bad guy if you will in this uh in this movie so from that perspective it definitely hits you over the head with that and that was the reason why i took a point off uh from the movie when i posted my brief thoughts on social media a few days ago which is to say that i gave it a nine out of ten i thought it was a really excellent film very creative and uh, you know it could have used i don't think it needed to be so political in that way but it's a sign of the times yeah i mean it didn't need to be but i also just the main thing i want to say about this is that if you go and see barbie the movie everybody's saying that oh they shouldn't have made it a sermon not everybody but the like right wingers i just looked up some quick like right wing reviews Mm. and people Mm. were saying oh it's a sermon but the thing is i don't really think that i think that they touch on so many different aspects of culture right now in general and not it wasn't just the patriarchy besides i don't i think that they hinted that the patriarchy wasn't very real because ken went there and he was like whoa i could do whatever i want because i'm a man and then he couldn't get the jobs mm. that he was like yeah, just he wanted to be a doctor but he didn't have a medical degree he's like i'll take this doctor job sir and the woman's like um you're gonna have to fill out do you have a resume do you have a um doctorate or anything and he, he was just like no i'm a man and she was like get out of here obviously yeah, i think that's a good point bonnie that is a sort of a subtle swipe suggesting that just because you're a man doesn't mean you're going to be able to you know get the big jobs or whatever yeah the thing is i i really don't like feminism so i think that people should consider that i am a woman but i'm not coming from the place of Oh, I love that it destroyed the patriarchy and men. Oh, I hate men because a lot of people are just going to expect that from me being a woman and then Mm. me being a woman that's young and saying that I like the Barbie movie. But I really don't like feminism. Just the other day, um, I was annoyed because um, this lady on Twitter, she posted this thing saying, oh, Feminism affects me in this way because I go to the doctor and they'll ask me, are you, I'm not exaggerating at all. They were, she was saying that her doctor uses words like peg and hole, a front hole owner. I I feel bad even saying that on the radio. It sounds so gross. To describe a woman? To describe a woman. Like, oh, they won't even use the word woman anymore. And this is like a lesbian, conservative slash libertarian-ish um, but definitely like culturally conservative woman who's on Twitter. And she blocked me after this hmm. um, because she posted that like she can't even go to the doctor without hearing someone refer to her as a front hole. And I was like, what are That's you crazy. talking about? Why are you about? going to that doctor? And, well, the thing was the whole thing she posted said like, obviously this affects me. Stop asking me how it affects me. And I said, I'm still asking how it affects you because other people using words shouldn't affect you. If you think somebody's saying stupid things, don't talk to that person. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, my, what about the doctors? I literally can't go to a doctor in Portland, uh, Oregon, without uh, hearing th- this type of terminology. Hard and to believe that that's I true. I don't believe it. I sincerely don't believe it. It's not like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, all you have to do is call up a dozen doctors yeah. and, and you can ask, do you refer to women as front <laughs> holes in your office? If yes, oh, have have a nice day. I won't be coming there. I right. bet you'll find one that doesn't. But but if it's what she's saying is true, then that's shocking. It's shocking. But the other thing I told her is like, she was like, look up doctors in Portland. I was like, why would I do that? 
you live in Portland as a choice. Mm, like, true. And she was like, oh, I see. Uh, you're one of those New Hampshire people who says everybody should move to New Hampshire. It's not even just New Hampshire. Like San Antonio, Texas, where I lived before, mm-hmm. I've been to plenty of doctor offices there and I've never been called a front hole. <laughs> and um, It's ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah, that's just ridiculous. So anyways, and, and then I'm just bringing this up to say that I think that this women are constantly under attack. It's uh, not just the men now. Now it's the men who think they're women. I, I think that that's ridiculous. I'm not under attack. I live a great life. I love my life. I think um, being a woman is so much better than being a man. Hmm. <laughs> I For the experience, how are you supposed to know, Ian? You don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know what it's like to be a man, but I don't look at it and feel jealous. You do get to live longer, probably. Hmm. (laughs) I don't want to live longer than you. You also can't pee while standing up. So that's a downside. But you get multiple orgasms. It looks like that it uh, is dirty to pee standing up. Everybody has it. It's got their ups and downs. So back to Barbie, though. I mean, so I liked what you were saying about... You know, maybe this wasn't as woke as some people are saying it was. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't really take away from it the fact that they really pound the patriarchy thing. I mean, if you look at the male characters in the film, there really aren't any male characters that have, at least nothing coming to my mind particularly, that have any real redeeming value with the exception of maybe Alan, who seems to be the gay uh, character. <laughs> yeah, you can't really tell if he's gay or what. He's film. just not like other Ken's. But yeah. other Ken seem kind of gay, so... Now, you didn't know about him, right? Yeah, it, I didn't know there was such a thing as an Alan doll. So you weren't like a Barbie fanatic. You no, were just a little girl that grew up with with a bar, with some Barbies. Did you have like a I just big think collection? most girls didn't care that much about Ken's slash mm-hmm. Alan. Apparently, Alan existed. Do you think it was gay guys that were buying the Ken dolls? Because no, somebody must have been buying them. I think maybe my mom was like, yeah, we don't need you in a room alone playing with Barbies and Ken's. And Ken's. That's weird. Okay. And uh, I could see that... Um, I'm not even like making fun of my mom or something for that. Okay. I I could see that's that probably not uncommon. Sure, not being uncommon. Yeah. And uh, I remember having a Ken, but I think something happened to him. Like we just we also weren't interested in Ken. Whenever you want a new doll, are you like I need a new Ken for my Barbie, or are you like oh this Barbie has has an amazing dress? Like I want this one. Like mm-hmm. you, anytime you get a new Barbie, you want that one. The other thing is I saw the Barbie movies. I had like Barbie books, and I I knew about some of the other characters that a lot of people don't know about, like. Um, Midge. Never heard that name used in my life except on Barbie. And uh, Teresa. I only remember that because I was like, oh, there's a brunette Barbie. Not that I was like, oh, life changing. Like, oh, this Barbie looks like me. I don't even think I had a Teresa. In fact, me and my sister would argue over getting to play with this Barbie we had that was like, I don't know what race she was supposed to be, but like brown skin, brown eyes and brown hair. She didn't look like us, but she was like the prettiest one to us. But Anyways, um, yeah, so I just, th- I think that's a really stupid idea that people bring up a lot. It's like, Barbie, the stereotypical Barbie you think of, doesn't look like me. Uh, it, she, I never even considered her not looking like mm-hmm. me. I guess one would say, oh, but you're a skinny, blue-eyed white girl, so it's only like one feature away. So did you feel like there were any redeeming male characters in the film? Like, were there any male characters that were particularly helpful to uh, the protagonists or brought anything to the table besides comic relief? I don't think that that's really the point because Barbie also was extremely generic and mm-hmm. had uh, had to have like a change of heart to realize that being perfect isn't like as amazing as she thought to begin with. I think the point is they finally realized that a perfect female world maybe 
isn't better than a world where men have some freedom as well. So why would, if it was all just like woke BS, you would think the, I'm not going to give away the ending, but basically Barbie land is a world that is amazing for Barbie and Ken kind of has the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. And then when Barbie travels to the real world and uh, Ken travels to the real world, Ken brings patriarchy back, like his idea of what patriarchy is because he's like a Ken doll. He doesn't really read or have, he's not very smart. So he just thinks patriarchy is all about drinking beers from a mini fridge, having a leather couch, singing this song by three doors down over and over again. Mm -hmm. And just like, and that's the other thing. They only attack some really silly aspects of like men that actually made me like really laugh out loud because I was like, I've never even thought of the fact that like every bachelor man, including Ian, when he was a bachelor, has a leather couch. (laughs) Why is that? But um, leather couches are nice. It's not like they were attacking like, oh, you you men, you just want to be the protectors and stuff like that. You know, the stuff that people really get sensitive about because they believe that. Well, that's a good thing about men, and people are trying to make it seem bad. I, mm-hmm. I don't agree with making that whole, seem bad either. I mean, I'm not an expert on these matters, but I thought the whole idea of the patriarchy was that men are in charge, men are in control, men rule the you know the corporate world, men rule the you-fill-in-the-blank world, whatever it is. You know, for the most part, men rule it, uh, unless there's specific carve-outs for, for women. And, I mean, in this film, the men are the ones who are running Mattel. Uh, so Mattel is in the movie, which is actually one of the more entertaining aspects of the film and kind of surprising aspects of it, uh, is Mattel basically allowed themselves to be skewered. Obviously, they had to get permission for this, and there's a lot of jabs uh, at Mattel as a company at some of the mistakes that they made over time, and they're very funny. They're very funny jabs. They'll they'll bring up like these one-off dolls that they tried to introduce and they just didn't work out and they, they took weird. them off the line or whatever like there, there was, was a pregnant sugar, barbie yeah there was a pregnant there was barbie. a sugar daddy ken at one point uh so like you and you said you weren't a big barbie fan so you didn't even know no, I didn't. about oh i thought you uh said you weren't a huge fanatic of barbie that you just kind of grew up with her. Like, I was you didn't basically know about... as fanatic as a kid could be. Right, but you didn't carry it into adulthood. You don't uh-huh. have a collection of Barbies. You didn't know about the Alan, Alan doll. You didn't know about the sugar daddy Ken. Or did You're you even know about the pregnant? kind of a gatekeeper at this point. Did you even know about the yes, pregnant Barbie? There okay. was a pregnant Barbie. I never had it. Okay. I mean, I just think that's weird. I had a Barbie with a baby, and it was an actual like stereotypical Barbie-looking one that had mm-hmm. a baby, but she wasn't pregnant. I don't think. I don't think she could be pregnant. She wasn't like trailer trash Barbie. No. She had a baby. <laughs> no. Um, no, I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper. I don't know what you mean by that. You're trying to say but... I wasn't big enough fan of Barbie. No, I don't. I just don't know. I don't. Uh, you seemed to not know some of the references that they were making in the movie. It's been around so... since the 40s. Yeah. Like, and I, I, like I said, I wouldn't go to the Barbie aisle, which mm-hmm. was like where I went to when my parents went to Walmart to look at Ken's and Allen's. Yeah. So the point is the the Barbie company, Mattel... Uh, is represented in a very corporate manner in this particular film. You know, like the the company is over-corporatized. I mean, it's sort of almost like Matrix-level dull in the company. Like there's the there's the boardroom where the all-male board of directors is there, and it's a large, very large board. There's probably at least 20 board of directors members Which I don't believe male. about real life, and I was 
thinking that during the movie. That's probably not the case for real life. Yeah. I bet that there's uh, lots of women and diversity and stuff like that because that's a thing nowadays. Well, at one point when pressed, the CEO character played by Will Ferrell does claim that there were two CEOs who were female in Mattel's history. And I don't know if that's true, but I presume it is. I don't think they would have put uh, something like that in the movie if it wasn't true. But uh, the one female character that works in this company is the secretary. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, even the underlings in the company, which you know work in this matrix-like drab underfloor cubicles, cubicles uh, with no... White. Yeah, very, very cave-like. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're all males. males. So, I mean, the, the, ba- the males are effectively the bad guys in the movie. The patriarchy is sort of the bad concept. That must be defeated. But here's the thing. I don't want to give away the ending. Yeah. I feel like I will a little bit. So alert if you don't want to have any spoiler. spoiler. Alert. This okay. isn't like intense spoiler, but um, I think that one thing you're missing is in perfect Barbie dreamland where mm. Barbie is doing so much better than Ken and everything is perfect for women only. Mm-hmm. Uh, she realizes that she's not that happy there and goes to the world where quote-unquote matri- or patriarchy exists sure so she choose okay i kind of did give away a pretty big part there i forgot mm. she chooses to become human okay yep that's a big uh, i just big said it there, i yeah. said it so yeah i, um, I said <laughs> you it did before, say spoiler I, alert yeah i did say spoiler alert so i i well, think I mean, what you, you're you missing pretty much is, have to get think, to that wait, i i want to say this i think that you're missing that ken goes into the real world he sees that there's men on the dollar bills mm-hmm. and silly things like that he sees a gym where guys are working out they're like bro 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 mm, and he believes that patriarchy is real because of some si- silly things not because of like important stuff does all- he even know what patriarchy exactly. is exactly he's, the whole thing? he's like unread he does. and then he never really kn- he thinks the patriarchy has something to do with horses because he saw a policeman on a horse and um well i think we had to address the uh the, the thing you revealed just a moment ago if we're <laughs> going to read the jeffrey tucker quote about this oh yeah that's a good point. which kind of digs into the real meaning jeffrey tucker really went deep with this movie and i like what he has to say about it me too so let's get into that when we come back 603-283-6160 it's free talk live Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Hey! 
It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind or comment on whatever we're talking about. It's up to you. In the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Yeah, it's Ian. I'm writing the word Barbie, so I almost said it's me, Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did dress up as Barbie for the movie. Yep, and that was very fun. Yeah, it was fun. We went to see it on the opening day, or actually, I guess pre-opening day, for whatever reason, sometimes movies show on Thursdays here in Keene. Yeah, I kept seeing um, ads that I think it was going to be the 21st, Mm -hmm. and we saw it on the 20th. Yep, that's right. But um, yeah, in Keene, it's great for movies because... Ian said that was the most people he's ever seen in a movie theater in Keene, and there was like 20 people in there. No, it was actually pretty pretty well attended for Keene. I would say Maybe there like were 30? 30, 40. Yeah, but still, it wasn't even all the way full. No, nah, I've never seen that here. And um, yeah, so you can always choose your spot whenever, and, and you know, going the day before, um, even, even then, you know, usually that'd probably be filled up, right? It wasn't nighttime think, either. Yeah. It, it wasn't nighttime. No, we caught the matinee. We went matinee like four o'clock or something, so... But still, I love going to see movies in Keene because of that. And right next door to the movie theater, Keene, is a toy store. So I got an amazing picture that I've been sharing everywhere. That's me in my Barbie outfit standing in front of a toy store with like a Barbie pose. Mm-hmm. So it looks like I'm a Barbie doll that escaped. Indeed. Um, but we were talking before the end of the show or the end of the segment about the Barbie movie and whether or not it was woke Ian probably thinks it was a little more annoyingly woke than I thought it was. I feel like if it didn't touch on some woke stuff, it would be shocking. Like, they Mm -hmm. weren't going to do that. And a lot of people would probably be like, why didn't they even talk about some current issues? I I don't know. I think that they would get backlash if they didn't, and they got backlash because they did. But at the same time... yeah. But, I don't know. Does it have to? Maybe it... It is a it is a movie of the moment, right? Like it's a very twenty twenty three uh, film. It's it's got um, I guess there are some older songs in it, but there's pretty you know hip hop kind of newer songs. There's a new Nicki Minaj Lizzo apparently sings a sort of almost a narrative song throughout it. There is actually um, kind of like a musical aspect going on. The characters themselves sing at uh, multiple points, which is pretty cool. Um, and so like it's not it doesn't detract a lot from the film which is why i only took one point off for it i gave the film a nine out of a ten i mean it's a really really good movie that's very very funny and if you don't have a stick up your butt about these things and i don't i you know i can ignore something like that and it's not a not a big problem because it wasn't like even though it was present throughout a good chunk of the film it and and I did describe it as being bashed over the head with the patriarchy. It was something that I could still leave aside and be able to enjoy the movie for what it was. And there was a lot more going on, like a lot of comedy, a lot of really uh, creative filmmaking going on as well. Like the way the movie was constructed, the the sets, the sort of the production design of the, the film was very, very creative, uh, very much in... Uh, very much inspired by the way people play with toys, specifically girls apparently playing with uh, with Barbies. 
such as and I think this is shown in the trailer such as she just kind of floats out from her house her house like there's no walls on the the house cuz there weren't in or at least not front walls there yeah. uh there's you know when you had the dream house or whatever as a little girl that's the way it was like Barbie's on one floor and you just take her out of that floor and you put her in another floor so that actually goes on uh in this Barbie world and so it was very very cool how they made and constructed this world yep i mean um but we liked the movie, and I just wanted to get back to the point about whether or not it was too too much patriarchy in your face. Obviously, it didn't uh, go woke and then went broke, like people try to claim will happen. So I just don't. I've never believed that. Um, no, that's that's seems like propaganda. That's like conservative propaganda. I mean, it may be true Disney's in some, not broke. some instances. Uh, supposedly, Bud Light's stock went down or whatever, or Budweiser's stock. I don't know. I don't follow these things yeah. closely. But this was the number one movie of the weekend. It uh, actually had the weekend box office pulled up here. It was $155 million and another $182 million internationally. So, like, globally, this movie brought in over $300 million in just the first weekend, which probably meant that it paid for itself. I don't know what the budget was, but I suspect it wasn't $300 million. It was definitely um, in the works for a long time. I think before COVID, because, mm. um, well, I, I just heard that it was going on for, like, five years. So I think that it, it started before COVID. Margot Robbie was a big part she's the one that plays barbie she was a big part in um making it become a movie and i heard that that had been going on for years and apparently they were going to have gal gadot player which i'm so glad they didn't have her i just i don't agree with everyone else that gal gadot is like perfectly gorgeous and should play barbie i don't understand like margot robbie literally is perfect to play barbie so i'm glad that she she seemed to be well cast apparently she was a producer on the film as well and one thing um that I just noted about it was I kept thinking it reminded me of pre-COVID. I, it wasn't anything. It, it went to the real world. It's just mm-hmm. Los Angeles and it's now, you know, it's it doesn't say a year when they're there, but it's, you know, supposedly now. But there is. Uh, but it wasn't really the real world, was it? It was a very fictionalized version of the real world in that the especially when it came to Mattel where the Mattel executives were particularly bumbling and incompetent like to the point where they can't even get out of their own building <laughs> due to not being able to operate their turnstiles to leave the building I mean, <laughs> instead of just jumping over them they're literally trapped by them for a long period of time I guess you're right because also a Barbie comes into the world via Barbie some special method uh, yeah, you can leave and, and and arrive. You can leave from the real world and go into the Barbie world and, and vice versa uh, via some long circuitous route. And I, th- I forget who it was that pointed this out, but when Barbie and Ken first come out of the real world, and, I, and this isn't, I don't think, giving too much away. It's shown in the, I think, in the trailers where they're in these hot pink bike suits uh, or like biking outfits or it's whatever. A, it's a roller skating. Rollerblading, thank you. And, you know, they've got their they've got their bright yellow rollerblades and they're really sticking out they're on like venice beach or something like, like that. they're neon colored and everyone else is wearing black or whatever and literally every man that she goes by is saying some cheesy pickup line or some sort of gross 
uh, thing to her ultimately, including one guy coming up and slapping her on the rear. Like these are not. This is not. I don't think a particularly realistic world. I. I mean, I well, haven't spent a, a lot of time. So hmm? I. I think it's only played up enough to be a real world, but except this is a movie. Yeah, I don't well, think that it's really pl- so played up that you're supposed to think this is a fantasy world too. You know what I mean? Like it's it too was. played up because they want to make a point. Yeah, like it's exaggerated. Maybe every yeah. time you walk down the boardwalk, some guy won't slap you on the butt. I mean, you're you're pretty girl, Bonnie. Um, how often does this happen to you? This sort of behavior where construction workers are saying lewd things to you, and I mean, it's never happened to me more than mm-hmm. in front of the Moose Mart. And I I wouldn't <laughs> where say you used that, to work. Uh, yeah, the I, convenience store. Nobody has. Um, like slapped my butt that's not what i mean it's more just like people driving by mm-hmm. honk honk when i'm like bringing the sign out mm-hmm. and um uh, i don't know i think that happens more in new hampshire than it happens in because i think the reason why i i always had this feeling like i could wear whatever i want and i wouldn't look out of place walking around like san antonio or austin but when i'm here i feel like if i dress up too much i look out of place everybody's like I'm just in the middle of the woods. Why are you dressed like that or kind of thing? It's like mm-hmm. everything is family oriented in New Hampshire. Everywhere you go. I, I don't feel like there's a place where you can go and not feel like you're going to run into a family with kids. Hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I just think that it's more you stand out more when you're wearing shorts in yeah. New Hampshire. than. And you think that the city. honks were were sort of, you know, looking at you as a, an object or a woman. I mean, you have no idea why they were honking, right? I'm just giving an example that came mm-hmm. to my head, and, and I've just noticed that that's a weird amount of that happening to hmm. me. Um, and it's mostly in Keen. And also just, like, getting looks at all. You get more looks here. It, it, even though, I don't know, I, I was a my more of a minority there. There were less white people there and more white people here. Mm-hmm. I still just feel like a lot of times the I don't know, I stand out more here sometimes unless I just wear a t-shirt that says I'm already against the next war or mm-hmm. something. You know, like I wear a lot of the times because that's what I just d- decided to start wearing. Anyways, the thing is Ian doesn't know what it's like to be a woman. So no, he thinks no. it's so ridiculous, but that that's just... You mean, you mean the real, the quote-unquote real world of the movie? Yeah. I think yeah. that all they did was take the real world and exaggerated a little That's what it, well, i think it was exaggerated quite a bit but um uh, but, it but was are you margot robbie wearing a thong in public i mean she was wearing like these uh biker shorts mm-hmm. but then the other top of it was kind of like a unitard that was thong like yeah and to her that's like what i'm just being a normal woman in barbie land but it's a little risque for the real world and Maybe. then she says oh we need some you know we need to go uh to this construction site and see if there's some women working here we can get in touch with and it's because she doesn't understand that men her work world on it's things. all women yeah. doing things and then they're like hey baby that's just a movie thing that i mean like people getting catcalled from specifically from construction workers is more of a movie <laughs> thing you think so yeah oh i i think that the uh the second most I've ever gotten like cat called is actually Salt Lake City. But hmm. one thing about it is walking around with another hot girl. Mm-hmm. Like that's more likely to increase the cat calls. Yeah, like okay. me and my friend from Germany, we would walk around Salt Lake City, and she was so boy crazy. I'm not going to say her name or anything, but I'll say that that she was so boy crazy. Mm-hmm. So she and, liked it. Well, everyone does. Yeah, oh, okay. and then people oh. lie about it. Uh, I mean, because it is a compliment ultimately. Nobody likes uh, getting slapped on the butt, but that, 
is pretty freaking like you also pretty unrealistic. I mean, maybe in a bar or something, you know. I don't know. But um, that's that's the thing. I, all I'm trying to say is I don't think that it was so overdone to the point of mm-hmm. like this is ridiculous. No, it wasn't like they were doing uh, things that would never ever possibly happen like it wasn't completely out of the realm of possibility but it was certainly exaggerated but even so even even though this world was less of all women Mm -hmm. barbie like i said this is a spoiler alert barbie in the end chooses to live there Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to be live in the world that's all perfect and i think that that part is so important the fact that people who haven't seen this movie are commenting it on it at all. Well, just, that always you sh- happens. You shouldn't even comment on it unless you watch it, obviously. But um, I, I think that that's why people are missing a lot, because a lot of them, them are not seeing it and they don't, don't see this ending. But even the people who do, do go claim they went and saw it and they're still like, it was too much about ideological crap. Well, did you miss the whole ending? or The fact where Barbie goes to live in a place where she's supposedly patriarchy exists because that's kind of the whole point and i think that uh as we talked about last segment jeffrey tucker put on twitter his review of this movie and i think i would love to see a an actual review from jeffrey tucker because he just put a tweet out right just two uh, paragraphs i mean it was a longer tweet than your typical tweet but it uh i I would be really interested to hear him like dissect the film but it's a really interesting yeah i don't think we had said who jeffrey tucker is either because we're libertarians so we know who he is he uh, writes articles, and does he own the Brownstone Institute? I have or? no idea. So he's, oh, it says here, Prez of the Brownstone Institute. Okay. And he writes at the Epic Times. and um, Yep, he, that's a newspaper. So he's a libertarian. He's really smart at all libertarians. He's very respected yep. in the liberty community. A big, uh, you know, thinker, very smart guy. Yeah. Apparently he saw the Barbie movie, and this is what he had to say. He said, there is a reason that most reviews of the Barbie movie don't tell you what it is actually about. It's because it is too phantasmagoric, too internally cultural referential, too deeply Freudian, too gender binary, and too true even to discuss. It's a trauma for anyone who hasn't tried to keep pace for 30 years of ideological BSery. Oh, who has tried to keep pace. Yeah, there we go. It's a trauma for anyone who has tried to keep pace for 30 years of ideological BSery. The message is, the real world exists, and you should live in it, despite its difficulties, pains, and challenges. The commercial world is only there to provide ideal types to help you imagine your own true self. That's a decent message, but if reality is a problem for you, this movie will be extremely disorienting. Mm. Yeah, I really thought that was a thoughtful look at what this movie is really about. Like when you peel away the patriarchy and the glitz and the glamour and sort of the surface layer stuff, I think he really kind of digs into the guts of the film. And as you pointed out, and again, spoiler alert here, this is the ultimate decision that uh, that Barbie makes. There's this sort of negativity that comes into her world uh, and this is revealed in the trailer this this part is revealed where uh she's she's at a dance party and she's you know there's this dancing you know number going on and then all of a sudden she's 
does anybody ever think about death and it just the re- the record screaks and yeah. everything stops and everybody's staring at her because no one this else is, is a- supposed to think of things like that they live in an eternal perfect right. world they always live forever or- and yeah. they're right so the fact that she could even conceptualize this just brings everything to this grinding halt and uh, and as it turns out uh what the reason she's thinking about this is she's sort of tied into a real world person who was um you know a barbie user if you will played with barbies growing up or whatever and so her her goal then becomes she has to go to the real world this is why she goes to the real world is she has to find this girl this person who was is bringing these thoughts of death into her mind through her play with the the barbie dolls ultimately like the doll in the real world is tethered to the idealistic barbie in the barbie dream world yeah, somehow through movie mag- movie magic, right? Yep. And so that's what brings her to the real world, and we won't say who she ends up finding and and all of that. Uh, but it's it's interesting, and that's that's how she becomes you know aware of this other world and wanting to be a part of it. And it, as as Jeffrey Tucker points out, despite all of its faults, which might include the patriarchy, she decides that she would rather be there, and that's uh, that's a really cool way to look at the movie. I think that it's very empowering. Um, the creator of Barbie shows up in the movie. Apparently, mm-hmm. it's some old woman named Esther um, Handler. An actress. I suspect the woman well, herself yeah. is dead. probably gone by now. But um, she's representing the creator of Barbie, a person mm-hmm. named Esther Handler. And um, Was that her name? I thought it was Ruth or something like oh, that. Oh, Ruth Handler? I don't know. I just I chose know. another Jewish name. Esther then, definitely is an old lady name, though, for yeah. sure. Um, and apparently Barbie was named after her daughter, Barbara. And I always heard, I always thought that it was a man. I always heard the creator of Barbie named Barbie after his daughter. That's See, what that's I always just thought. the patriarchy that's programmed you. I swear that I remember, I was telling Ian <laughs> during the movie, I was like, I swear it's a man. And he was like, what? The patriarchy changed the myth of, Bar- of Barbie <laughs> to have been created by a man. Maybe my parents were just wrong. Cause I swear, I remember when I was a little kid, my parents telling me, oh, the, the creator of Barbie named barbie after his daughter maybe Mm. they did say hers and i just remembered it wrong but either way i looked up and it's true that it was Mm -hmm. this woman that created barbie um and anyway so she's like god to barbie right sure and there's a scene where barbie is talking to this woman and says like wait you don't get to choose my path and she says no i i don't get to choose my path my joy is to watch you become whatever you end up becoming choose your path yeah she doesn't get to choose what barbie does for the rest of her life she she just will be happy to see Barbie living her best life, whatever mm. that life is. And that's when Barbie says, like, I want to become human then. Mm. And I, I just think that it just gives... It was surprisingly emotional. I know you didn't you didn't really feel, I don't think, as that that scene was as important. You're talking about the I later on one, right? I didn't say that. The thing that I said that was negative was I felt like it would never end. There was like, mm. multi, there was so many characters that they all had their own little ending and that went on for way too long. Uh, okay. Like, they should have somehow combined... That's just in a movie sense, though. And mm-hmm. it wasn't even bad enough for me to, like, be like, oh, You didn't check bad. your watch or anything like that, right? No. But I will say, like, when we watched Avatar and when we watched The Little Mermaid, I was like, oh, it's already over. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I this was, dragged like, a little bit for it you. It dragged a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think that's just because there were so many characters. They all needed a resolution, of course. And that just um, took a lot. Well, they don't all, you know, a lot, a lot of movies just let go of some of the other characters. So they certainly could have, they could have probably wrapped it up a little differently. I, I mean, I, I felt like when I was watching it that it wasn't dr- dragging really. 
Um, and I felt like they it was a tough movie to kind of wrap up, but I think they pulled it off. Yeah, well, they I, I guess they did as good as they could. But um, I wasn't I didn't say anything bad about that scene with the creator. I was mm-hmm. actually nearly tearful. I just didn't want to tear up because we're gonna go get ice cream after, so I didn't. <laughs> Because I don't wear waterproof eye makeup. It's easier to take off that way. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, that scene actually was really uh, nice because it, it just like, you would think the Barbie movie would be all about how great it is to be a Barbie. But in reality, it's actually about how great it is to be a human. Mm. And I think... Yeah, that's uh, a great way to put it. That's a great... You should you should tweet that one out because that's, uh, that's a good summary. I feel like it'd be it. too copying of Jeffrey Tucker. True. Plus, I took a whole break, like a week off of Twitter... And it just happened to coincide with the Barbie movie coming mm-hmm. out, so I'd be like a week late. Yeah, well, whatever. I thought that. I think that sums it up really well. Yeah, I uh, I just think that a lot more people should feel empowered being a human because for a lot of the times it can feel terrible to be human. Like you have emotions you have to deal with, and um, you have lots of things you have to deal with: taking showers, waking up in the morning, having to sleep, having to wake up. You know, just things that go along with being human, but people don't sit around and think about how life is your creation and you have so much power. I think I would have seen the Barbie movie if I weren't your husband, like if we weren't <laughs> together, um, just because the pre- the preview was so well done, like the trailer, it made me, it kind of made me think of Pleasantville a little bit, the way they made the trailer. Like you oh, can, yeah. you can tell in the trailer that there's this separate world. And that, you know, they get out from that separate world and this separate world is a sort of perfect place that that is sort of communicated in the trailer. And so I like movies like Pleasantville, where for listeners that aren't familiar, if you haven't seen it, you really should. Um, it is this perfect little town. And that Reese Witherspoon would have been a great Barbie, too. I just got to say. Maybe. Um, probably a little too old these days. But <laughs> uh, but in uh, in this movie, there's this perfect little town and these things start to go, quote unquote, wrong for the town. But it's actually making it more interesting, making it more lifelike, and it's a beautiful film that I don't think I don't think Barbie tops Pleasantville, but Barbie is I think in the same category. Barbie's funnier I think than uh, than Pleasantville was, but uh, Pleasantville is also a very very funny film in its own way. Uh, but I like those movies where there's sort of I don't know fish out of water is really the right term. There is some of that in in this movie, but more than meets the eye so to speak like that the the char- when the characters discover that there's more to life than what they were born into so in the case of barbie she discovers there's this whole other human world in the place in the case of pleasantville uh the characters there discover you know all kinds of feelings and sensations and things they've never encountered before uh or you could look at uh like the truman show from the the 1990s with uh, Jim Carrey, where he's also born into this perfect TV world. TV show, basically. Have, you, have it, you seen that one? Yeah. He is actually in a TV show, but he mm-hmm. doesn't know it. And he doesn't know it. Because he was like an experiment. They let a baby grow up in a TV show, and everyone he knows is actors, but he doesn't yeah. know it. Yeah. And then, I guess, I don't want to give it away, but that one's 20 or 30 years old at this point, but you know, he escapes from, from that world. And so getting into that larger world, and of course, The Matrix is a classic example of this as well, where... Things aren't what they seem. You know, the reality, if you don't question it, is fine enough, but there's a whole other level. I like movies like that. Yeah. And this is one of those movies. It's really, um, it's kind of mind-bending in that way. Mind- I wouldn't say it's mind-bending in the way of The Matrix. Matrix yeah, that was uh, shocking. But uh, but it is in, the, in that category of character realizes there's more to life. I like that. 
I like it too. And, and I'm glad that you're not the kind of man who would go, would be like, oh, I would not go see the Barbie movie ever because I hate the color pink. <laughs> but I wouldn't be with somebody like that because I think that's just ridiculous. ridiculous. And anybody who's like personally offended about the little jabs at men in this movie, I just think that's ridiculous. They're, they don't go too far. I'm more offended by fat Barbie, honestly. Oh, oh yeah. That, I yeah. wanted to get that into it because we're done talking about Barbie. But I think the worst part was just the fact there was a fat Barbie and we were supposed to just believe she was just as beautiful as Margot Robbie or Alexandra. The trans Barbie looked better than the fat Barbie. Oh, yeah, she did. <laughs> um, okay, anyways, Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the number to call in to talk about whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. It's Ian. And I want to tell you about Dash. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day still continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs, D-A-O, are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by, or start by learning more at Dash.com. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. Dash.org. And I think we should go to the phones. We have Skeeter from California here. Skeeter, what's on your mind? Hey, I uh, wanted to quickly add, you know, that the Barbie movie is doing so well and uh, not facing backlash uh, because uh, Barbie was originally a female property. And it is a feminism trying to, like, subvert, like, another well-established male property like Star Wars, Marvel, or even Indiana Jones. <laughs> but um, Wait, I'm so, confused. What do you uh, mean that Barbie is trying to subvert? What is she trying to subvert? 
No, I'm saying it's it, it's doing well and not facing backlash like other movies currently because it's oh Barbie I was see. originally you know a, a girl thing. I see what you're saying. And so if Barbie not, had if if it was like a GI Joe doll movie, but then they yeah. came, made it feminist propaganda, then it would get more backlash. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, it's but definitely made, getting like, backlash in the exp- in the places you would expect it to get, which is from conservative types who are lambasting it, many of them without ever having seen it. So, I mean, it's getting backlash, but it's not enough to make it a failure. It's not going to be a commercial yeah. failure. In fact, it's been cr- incredibly successful. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, y- you know, it's the left trying to indoctrinate the young girls. That's uh, I don't think that can be disputed. Uh, but, you know, um, oh, uh, I'm a movie buff, by the way. I mean, so it's like... So you've uh, seen the movie, then? Did you go see the movie with your girlfriend? No, I watched Oppenheimer with her, <laughs> okay. and he's like, uh, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be so glum because the uh, detonating the atomic bomb in Japan was one of the most humane things that could have ever been done in history. That's an insane thing to say. It's <laughs> pretty insane. Why, no, I, how I can mean, you say um, that? I mean, this is not originally why I called, but um, because well, you're going to have uh, to defend it now. Go ahead. It's it's the greatest World War deterrent ever, but it's it, the one, war was over. Again, it's the greatest world war deterrent ever. There's never been a world war. Well, this is what a, you would expect somebody who's a psychopath uh, who's called and has <laughs> said that you think it's okay basically to – now you're saying it's okay to do wholesale uh, you know, genocide. Of, what was it, 200,000 no, people? The, the fact that – the fact there's never been a conventional world there's never been a conventional World War Three since there was there was two right before that. Okay, causation doesn't equal. I mean, um, what is it? Correlation is not causation. Yeah, I don't think that those two things have anything. They had the Korean War after that, and they had the Vietnam War after that, just because they didn't declare it a quote unquote war. I'm talking about conventional world war. I'm, I'm talking about conventional world war. And it, was that the only o- option, war, though, that could have... Um, if you're Okay, say we take what you're so. saying uh, uh, for granted, that that's the reason we haven't had World War Three. Was it the only way that they could have deterred it, though? Because they could have yeah. uh, just showed the world it, that they had that kind of um, technology you, you without just exploding people. You need to show you need to show the human damage. Unfortunately, the, the, uh, people don't uh, learn don't otherwise. So. so you can show all the tests on Los Alamos all you want. It's not going to have the same effect. They chose they chose to minimize That's the sick, damage. Man. Though they didn't. That's sick. What was that? What do you mean they chose to minimize the damage? They dropped it on well-populated cities. I mean, not that it no, would be okay if they just dropped no, it on a small town. To do that, they would have dropped it on Tokyo. That's ridiculous. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, uh, I mean. I mean, I wanted to recommend a libertarian movie you may may not have seen because it's foreign. Maybe uh, it's called The uh, Lives of Others from 2006. I uh, suggest you check that out. Why? And you want to know good, huh? Why? It's, it's a good libertarian. I think you'll like it. It's libertarian. It won, it won the Oscar for uh, Best Foreign Movie that year. So just on that fact alone. Uh, it's really good. You should check it out. It's a little yeah, it's hard. It's hard to take any uh, suggestions from a guy that thinks it's okay to drop bombs on innocent people. <laughs> yeah, I looked mean, it up. It's crazy. I know. It says, but, but it's just because you can't see opportunity costs like a real economist. But no, it's because I'm not uh, a psychopath and I'm not willing to throw away people's lives on something that you think he, is 
um, Skeeter thinks of everything in a really messed up worldview called utilitarianism. Right. He says that anything, including killing <laughs> 66,000 people. Oh, wait. No, no, it's more than that. Uh, conventional bombing? Uh, over 100,000. Like, Will you, you shut up? Because I, I was saying something. So I, I, that's annoying. When I was literally in, in mid-sentence and he just starts yelling something. Mm. But um, it, this says that 66,000 died in Hiroshima and 39,000 died in uh, Nagasaki. So over 100,000 people. Well, I think that I got the number 200,000 from the pre-raid population of Hiroshima was 255,000. Mm. So they chose a, a town that had 255,000 people in it and then Nagasaki, which had 195,000 people in it to explode. They didn't just explode near Japan. Either way, I mean, they're putting a nuclear waste there too. That's also bad. I mean, it's just really bad. But the thing about Skeeter is he believes that Anything is okay if he can determine that, well, it's the best outcome we would have had, which is very stupid because the idea that one human can determine what would be the best outcome for everyone on the whole world is ridiculous at all. And thank you for your call, Skeeter. By the way, you get to 200,000 if you include all the injured people. Oh, yeah. This says 69,000 injured in Hiroshima and Mm -hmm. 25,000 injured in Nagasaki. So, yeah, that's ridiculous. And I wouldn't go see Oppenheimer because I'm just not going to watch anything that remotely glorifies the creation of the bomb. Well, I, I don't think it's fair to say that it glorifies it without having seen the film. I, I, don't, I wouldn't make that ju- in the same way that you shouldn't criticize uh, the Barbie film without having seen it. I don't think it's fair to criticize Oppenheimer. Yeah, but if I just wouldn't said, see it because it looks boring. But if someone says the fact that they made a Barbie movie at all is kind of glorifying Barbie. That, that's a true statement. I mean, there's a Hollywood movie about Barbie right now mm-hmm. promoting Barbie. I think pink sales are going up, pink clothing and stuff like that. Okay. And I don't think that making a Hollywood movie about the guy who created the bomb, even if you show him being sad about it in one part. In fact, that that's just too much. Like, oh, let's show the humanity of the guy who created the atomic bomb. I just think that's ridiculous and i i wouldn't watch it because i don't watch every movie like i'm pretty selective about how much movies i watch because i'm I'm not like in obsessed with watching movies you know there are a lot of people that watch a movie every day couldn't possibly watch every movie well obviously but i don't watch every movie recommended to me even people are like but for all you know this movie's anti-war i mean you don't know i don't i don't believe it is just from what i've heard okay but what have you heard that they show the guy all like depressed okay well, I mean, it is possible that a you know dorky scientist could have invented something that he didn't realize was going to. Well, he worked with the government, so he's mm. a psychopath, and he shouldn't have done that. Okay. And yeah, I, I don't, don't know. think he I don't should know be enough glorified about him. Either way, I wouldn't go see it. I literally know sit. nothing about this man, so I'm not going to make any statements about what he thought or what he did. I don't really care what he thought or what he did. What how, what did he do? What I mean, sorry, I don't care what he thought because what did he do? He created something and worked with the government to make something that killed. Over 100,000 people at once. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it should have been created at all. I don't Mm. think that it's worth it because, oh, well, eventually Japan could have created one. And then what would we do? I I just don't think it should be created at all. And uh, we have another caller. We have Perry calling from California. Perry, what's on your mind? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, What I wanted to mention real quickly is that uh, this this Hunter Biden uh, saga... It, it, it the president can pardon him when this is all said and done. Mm-hmm. Also, he could pardon himself, I think, but he could also step down 
and uh, have Kamala pardon his whole prime family for the selling out of America. And and uh, they could all walk. And uh, mm. she's she's not she's I mean he they're both dumb as rocks, but she she's not any better than him as far as being president. But uh, she would take the job. I, I'm sure she'd 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 be you know she'd grab it as fast as she could get it. But oh, I'd wondered why you were uh, bringing up Hunter Biden today. Apparently, there is news yeah. about him. I heard about that, but I don't know what has to do with what Perry's saying about the impeachment. Apparently, Hunter Biden. He had gotten this sweet um, DOJ plea deal, and the judge is actually putting that on hold, and Hunter Biden had to plead not guilty today instead of just taking this plea deal because the judge is um, saying, I don't know about this plea deal being valid, So, mm. but it may still go through, so it could be a nothing burger. Yeah. So that's why. Well, any, any, anyhow, and I, I just want to mention something else before I hang up. Yes, um, uh, if you noticed in the last few years— uh the left and they're they're there's mm-hmm. uh, to me they're communists anyway they're they're just they're just mm-hmm. out of whack well the the right wingers are socialists too so i mean they're all a bunch well, of no, some of them you're right the rhinos are are, are just as bad i I'm no i don't think that. it's just the rhinos you're absolutely a republican uh you can absolutely be a republican and be a socialist because Republicans think that I should pay for their retirement funds and their old people health care and, and the military, their military and police and the border patrol. All that no, socialism. Right. No, you're, you're, well, you're, you're right as far as and look at the spending. I mean, the Republicans go along with it. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, the government it, got it, bigger it, it, under Republican administration. And that's the, not us saying that the Democrats are not communists. Well, They're communists. Sure. They, they they say they're gonna reduce the government. They, they say never have. Gonna, uh, I know. I know. It's just all talk. I yeah. know. I well, they had you. control. You have to I, remember I, they had control completely of the House, the Senate, and the presidency during Bush and during Trump, and they did nothing to make the government smaller. Nothing at all. They made it bigger. Yeah. So, like, yeah. why anybody yeah, believes but, these people is just beyond you know understanding. Well, thank you for point. your call, Perry. I do got to say that if Kamala Harris is the first female president, that'd be so boring. She'd be such a boring terrible. first terrible. female president. So would Hillary Clinton if she had one. Um, and not that I really care who's president, but I mean, well, at Kamala least entertain Harris me. did get blown out of the primary pretty early on from the Democrats. So it was pretty clear the Democrats didn't want her as their presidential candidate. And then they got she got shoved down their throats, basically, as the vice presidential candidate. I've never heard anyone say, like, oh, I like her. Yeah, so. they don't. They voted They voted against her. So yeah, whether she'll end up being the—I think the way she's going to get to be president is if Biden croaks in office. That's oh. how she's going to be president. That's a good point. It's pretty old. Well, before they called, before we were talking about Oppenheimer, we were going to bring up what we were talking about earlier— uh, what we talked about when we first opened the show, which was— that a black man in Ohio, I only even mentioned that he's black because of the fact that it's in this title of this article. I don't think it really matters what color he is. He's a human. And he w- walked out of his car with his arms up and a policeman still released his canine on him. And he got mauled by this canine. And thankfully, that policeman actually got fired. This is from CNN. The Circleville, Ohio police officer who was seen on video releasing a police canine on an unarmed black man has been fired, according to a statement from the department. Wow. Now, is he being charged, though? Probably not. At least not yet. 
I don't. I read most of this article, but I don't think so. Hmm. Says Circleville police officer Ryan Speakman's actions during the review of his canine apprehension apprehension of suspect Jadarius Rose on July 4th show that officer Speakman did not meet the standards and expectations we hold for our police officers. The police department said in a statement, Officer Speakman has been terminated from the department effective immediately. I'm impressed. That hardly ever happens. Well, I gotta would say, it, would there, it have happened if there wasn't a video? No, of course not. Um, <laughs> but uh, it does seem to be happening more often these days since George Floyd seemed to be sort of like the turnaround point for right. this. I, I think that it's great. No matter what else came from like Black Lives Matter, lots of people... Um, you know, have only negative things to say about that whole moment in history. But one thing that's great is that people, they stood up and said, we are not okay with this, even though it had been going on for a long time. And I had been standing up saying I was not okay with it for a long time. Just Mm -hmm. police brutality in general, not specifically of black people, but of anyone. You did it before it was cool. Yeah, I did it way before it was cool. (laughs) When I did it, I got called racist for it. Wow. Because apparently it's racist to um, say that the police should be abolished because, well, white people, something, something. You're against uh, the race of police. No, I got called racist by an Inuit woman from Alaska because apparently, well, minorities are so poor they can't afford to defend themselves so they need police to defend them. That that happened in 2016. It's so ridiculous. She worked at the military. She worked at the bank I worked at. Oh, so she was on the military base. Yeah. So she's totally oh, Everybody programmed. was totally reprogrammed on the mm-hmm. military base. When I started uh, disliking cops, I lived on a military base in Utah, and I went door-to-door with the ACLU Know Your Rights flyers, and I was like, I'm going to give people these flyers because I just find out the cops are really bad. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize absolutely everybody hated me for that because Oof. they were all, uh, like, cop lovers. Even, like, my best friend was like, Bonnie, I'm just going to be honest with you. You should probably like tone it down on Facebook because <laughs> cops are actually, they do a lot of good. Oh, man. And um, anyways. I'm glad you don't live there now. Yeah, it was, it was, it's a mostly civilian military base. That makes it even worse than mm. a regular military base. Like, it's not just a bunch of like enlisted army soldiers. It's like a bunch of entrenched civilians who mm-hmm. work for the government. So yeah. they love the government even more. Like, Career people, guys. People just walk up to me and be like, I got to say, I don't like what you put on Facebook because, well, if we didn't have a mili- uh, government, I would lose a job. I'm oh. not, I literally <laughs> got that one when I worked at the bank and this man just started this conversation with me when I didn't start it with him. Oh my goodness. Is um, he a bank customer? Yeah, bank customer. Oh, wow. And um, anyways, what was I actually saying before? I, oh yeah. So I was glad that at least in 2020, there were people that stood up and said, whether it was for only the reason that they would only stand up for it when it was black people and it was put in front of their faces mm-hmm. because bl- plenty of black people had been wrongly killed and harmed by police beforehand. And it never started a, um, you know, an uprising, but no matter what their uh, reasoning for it happening, it did happen that the people stood up and said, we won't tolerate this anymore. And if you want this to stop, you're going to have to to change. And it did change the police a little bit. Not enough because I wanted the the no, messaging yeah. got attacked immediately. The messaging started off like an anti-police thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to this um, anti-police rally. Mm-hmm. And it got just... Um, taken over immediately it wasn't about abolishing the police there were even what did like they turn it into not abolish the police but defund the police mm-hmm. like you i even saw like instagram posts like instagram was the main place where 
you would log in and hear about this all the time, like, and get your downloaded um, propaganda. It would go from, it, it went from, like, right away. If people were saying, don't say defund the police, say, or don't say uh, abolish the police, say defund the police, because, well, something's something, I don't even remember at this point. I don't remember what the woke explanation was for why they changed it to defund the police but that Mm. was more woke than abolish the police and that got overridden pretty fast and it became defund and um but either way well neither of those two things has any political legs i mean maybe they thought defunding would get further than abolishing like oh we're not against the police we just don't think they should be doing it wasn't that it was like it's actually not progressive enough to say abolish the police it's bad to say abolish the police oh you got to say defund the police because we still need police that's what it was Mm. it it, it was not just they wanted to secretly abolish the police but we're going to use defund as a decoy it was ultimately they know they need the police to do their bidding Right. In the hmm. same way that, uh, you know, right now, for instance, the conservatives are, yeah, screw the FBI. We got to shut down the FBI. And as soon as the conservatives get elected, that is going to be uh, totally changed. There's not going to be a single one of these conservative Republican guys who's talking about getting rid of the FBI who moves forward with that in any way, shape or form. Because they'll have forgotten that the FBI, quote unquote, went after Trump. They won't care anymore. No, no, no. They won't forget. They'll make a show of how they're going to fire the main guy uh, at the FBI, whoever that is, whatever bureaucrat it happens to be for the moment. Oh, see, we can reform the FBI. We don't need to get rid of the FBI. The FBI has a long history of blah, 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 blah. And we just can't get rid of this bureaucracy that, the, by the way, the country never had before the, the, uh, the 1900s. It didn't exist. Uh, but uh, yeah. no, no, we can't get rid of the FBI. We just need to clean house. And by clean house, they mean fire the main guy, bring in somebody that they, uh, they like better, and then call it a day. And because that's what they always do. Continues. Yeah, that's what they always do. Because they know they need these agencies to enforce their laws. They want to enforce their rules. They want to enforce their conservative view of America instead of a progressive view of America, which is the reason these progressives didn't want to get rid of the local police, because they still want to use the local police to, well, bash whatever heads they think need to be bashed in the moment. You know, a lot of it was just like, I think they changed it to defend the police because they just knew that... um, First of all, they didn't want to actually do any change, like you're saying. And and the other thing was they didn't want to make too big of a statement. They just wanted to, like all the talking heads, like the Nina Turner types, the one that the LPNH went after recently Mm -hmm. in a pretty epic um, tweet against her. Nina Turner is just this lady. Yeah, Liberty at Night covered her and the LPNH thing pretty well uh, last night. Last night. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, those types, they just wanted to be able to say sound bites that sounded good, like, at the protest I went to that was advertised to me as like a abolish the police type thing and and sigil for George Floyd, there was so many people in the streets of San Antonio and they were yelling, I can't breathe. And me and my friend who attended, even when it, we, we were there, we were pretty brainwashed, but even we didn't yell, I can't breathe mm-hmm. because it. I just I asked my friend why. He didn't. We were like the only ones that are looking around us. Everyone was yelling that mm-hmm. and we weren't. And I said later, like. Like, why didn't you want to yell that? I think that that was something was weird about that. Like, it was kind of ritualistic and I didn't like it. Like, it creeped me out. All chanting is ritualistic as far as I'm concerned. So there's that aspect. But the other thing was, why are we yelling the last words of a guy who died as if it's going to help him? That's yeah, weird. That's weird. It that's was a creepy. great point. Yeah. It, and, and my friend said the same thing. It was just like, it felt like it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't like why we went there. And it was weird. What do you think? 
603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. The new fourth edition of Healing Our World, The Compassion of Libertarianism, will take your understanding of liberty to a deeper level and has over 1,300 updated references, new cartoons, and a forward by Dr. Ron Paul. With discounts for multiple book purchases, the fourth edition of Healing Our World is a great gift for the liberals, pragmatists, environmentalists, and Christians in your life who think libertarianism is cold-hearted. Get yours today at healing.freetalklive.com and use promo code FTL for a $5 discount. that you control 603-283-6160 603-283-6160 and in the studio with you tonight it's me bonnie and it's ian and we've been talking about all kinds of things tonight like barbie oppenheimer because i guess those two things go together people have been going and seeing both and calling it barbenhammer heimer or whatever I can't even imagine. The Barbie was two hours and Oppenheimer's three hours long. Oh my That's gosh. brutal. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Uh, run at the movies. And now we're talking about a police officer that actually got fired for hurting someone. Luckily, this person didn't die um, in Thank Ohio. Goodness. So the Circleville Police in Ohio announced that they fired their officer, Ryan Speakman, because after a review of the video, they saw that he did not act in, he did not meet the standards and expectations they hold for their police officers. And of course, it's just because they got caught. Because they got caught. Yeah. They have a video camera and they don't want, I, th- I think that part of like what I was saying that's actually a good thing about what happened from the BLM like protests in 2020 was that now this police station, I think. It's it's giving me the vibe, obviously I can't confirm this, that they don't want a George Floyd thing on their hands. Whether uh, It probably wouldn't get as big as George Floyd. I mean, this man didn't die. But they see the black man, so it's already in the... Uh, oh, they're trying to head off the potential protests or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, they even though he didn't get killed and they did fire the man... The, Police officer, mm-hmm. the headline of the CNN article says, Police canine handler who released dog that attacked an unarmed black man in mm. Ohio. And it, black is capitalized. Nothing else is. It's kind of weird. Mm. Like black is a country or something. In Ohio has been fired, department says. Well, no, normally capitalization. Oh, you mean like capital letter or all caps? No, just one B is oh, okay, okay. capitalized. It's still kind of weird because black is not prone. It's not a cop. It's not a pro. What's Pronoun? the word? Okay, no, it's not a pop, proper noun. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little weird because I mean, you you would think normally they'd um, uppercase every first letter in a headline. Yeah, but they didn't uppercase anything weird. other than black, not even man. Um, my my point is that 
This police department probably got rid of this officer because it's worth it to them to not have people attacking them because of this. And I think that's a a good thing. Whatever it takes. I wish that it would happen for any kind of person. And I wish that it would have been happening since the beginning because people just... It would be nice if this guy was actually this cop, if he was actually able to be held accountable beyond just losing his job, like actually be sued for what he did. But of course, he's still going to be protected by qualified immunity. Yep. And I, I'm sure that I read the article and I don't recall them saying anything about him getting charged. I probably would have remembered that. Well, now that and, doesn't um, always happen right away. I mean, to be to be fair to the bureaucrats, right? Like they're slow and they have to, quote unquote, investigate. Hmm. And then they have to cook up, you know, whatever the things they're going to say in the indictment. So like an indictment isn't going to come probably in the next 24 hours. It might be a few weeks down the road or something like that. So that may be coming. It may well, still happen, although I would bet against it. I actually it. don't think that he would get charged with, any, any, with anything because one weird part about this article that I found really strange was even though we read that statement from the Circleville police about them saying that he didn't meet their expectations and standards, it goes on to say that the police department's investigation into the incident included a determination by a use-of-force review board Mm -hmm. that determined the agency's policy for use of canines was followed in the apprehension and arrest of Rose, the man who got attacked by the dog, according to a statement from the agency. But they fired him because he didn't follow it, That's not what they said. It's not that he didn't do... It's not that he didn't use the dog according to their policy. It's that they just said he didn't meet the standards and expectations they hold for their police officers. Mm. So I think that, that that's exactly another reason that I think that they were like, we can't have George Floyd on our hands. Can you we summarize what actually happened? I know yes, you saw the one. video. I did not. I only heard you briefly describe it earlier tonight. Yes, I can. Uh, it's in, in the article here. I'll go into it. It says... The July 4th vehicle pursuit began after a motor carrier enforcement inspector, so not like a regular cop, Mm -hmm. tried to stop a semi-truck and the suspect was driving, or that the suspect was driving due to a missing mud flap. So if you ever see these flaps that are behind the wheels on lots of different larger cars, they're required because big cars can kick up huge rocks and kill people. They Mm. can run into the windshield of the person behind them and kill people. Right. So it's a pretty understandable stop. It didn't seem like something that crazy. Uh, could have been like routine and that he wrote him a ticket, told him to go get one. Not saying that police officers should exist. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that wasn't the crazy part. But when the inspector turned on the, his lights on his marked patrol vehicle, the suspect vehicle, continued west on US 35 the report says noting the driver made eye contact with the inspector strange he like saw he was getting pulled over and he wouldn't pull over Mm. when the driver failed to stop the inspector notified dispatch to send a marked patrol unit to assist video released by authorities shows them pursuing the semi truck which appeared to initially slow down and stop Uh, okay I don't know what it means by initially considering the fact that they said that he didn't do it right away but as he went to slow well, down, it sounded stop. like he had to call the other guy out before he slowed down. So that would not be right away. Yeah, I don't know why they wrote initially there at all. As the vehicle does stop, the footage shows an officer getting out of the vehicle, pointing a weapon. It's like a big mm-hmm. um, machine gun looking thing. Okay. And he sets it up on his uh, hood of his car 
ready to aim at the man for if the man gets out. And uh, it's a pretty big-looking gun. He points the weapon at, towards the truck and orders the driver to get out. The driver does not exit the vehicle, however, and starts driving again, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Multiple law enforcement vehicles join the I mean, chase. I can't blame the guy for not wanting to get out with when a, doing, some guy right, training a rifle on him. Right. I, I just think it does whatever escalate just because he kept driving escalates to pointing a gun at a person. That seems like a little bit excessive. They've yeah. definitely uh, escalated this for from sure. just this initial stop. All the man did so far was try to flee. That is not an act of aggression. I, I tend to agree. The cops really take that personally, yeah. and they love to use fleeing as a reason to Kill do people. harm to people. It says, during the police chase, Rose... It's uh, like, you're denying my authority. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, Rose, Jadarius Rose, the guy that was driving without a mud flap, called 911 while driving. Oh, interesting. And told dispatchers that officers were trying to kill him and that Whoa. he did not feel safe pulling the truck over. Which, okay. ha- how is he wrong? They were pointing a gun at it's, him. He yeah. didn't feel safe to get out of the car at that point. And this was Ohio, you said? Uh-huh. Okay. Police state. Mm-hmm. According to call recordings released by the Ross County Sheriff's Office, in the recordings, Rose repeatedly told the dispatcher he was confused about why he was being pulled over and why police had their guns drawn after he briefly stopped the truck before driving away. Fair. I think it was a good move on his part to call in. No, to 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 call call in in and like get that on the record. Yeah. Like, whoa, you guys are a little going a little overboard here. Just let people know your feelings about this. That way you can't speculate. Ever actually saw the police pulling over to begin with? And yeah, maybe he he had the music up real loud and didn't know. And who knows if he actually made eye contact with the inspector, as the inspector said, because that's just his word. Cops lie. Yep. Cops are trained to lie. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Eventually, the semi-truck stops and he gets out of the vehicle, surrounded by several police cars and officers. Jeez. The video shows before cutting to what appears to be a state trooper getting out of his vehicle and walking toward the driver. And just so you know, I think they skipped this part. Circleville police arrived later. Mm-hmm. So there's two different agencies here. And State police. Uh, state police are the ones that w- uh, did not send the canine against him in Circleville. Mm-hmm. Police sent the canine to him. Mm-hmm. So just pointing that out. So if you get confused. Come to me, an officer is heard saying to the driver. Another adds, get on the ground or you're going to get bit. <laughs> the driver is shown. Once again, you can't follow both of those instructions hmm. easily, right? Come to point. me and get on the ground. Yeah. Um, the driver... Which one do you follow? You can't do both. Yeah. The driver is shown on the road with his hands up. And, and this is why I don't want you to get confused. The state when trooper. You, when you say he's on the road, is he like kneeing, uh, kneeling or standing? Okay, got it. Uh, just standing, maybe slowly walking towards the mm-hmm. ones calling him. And uh, a state trooper says several times that you can hear clearly in the video and loudly, do not release the dog with his hands up. And multiple times. He just keeps repeating that. And I, it's my opinion, it's just a video, but to me, it, it seems like the man should have been able to hear him because this article mm-hmm. questions, oh, it says right here, though it is unclear if the state trooper could be heard by other officers. It's yeah. very loud. There's not like so much yelling that you couldn't hear Still, it. Still, even if the other guy couldn't hear, did the man who had his hands up at some point swing his hands down to his belt, lift his shirt up and like start drawing a gun? Was there some sort of action that he did furtively that was going to set the cop off that had 
uh, the, the dog canine. to release the dog? Or did the cop just like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to release the dog now. Is there anything at all? He just keeps his arms up. Maybe, yeah. I think he's walking towards the state troopers mm-hmm. in the video. But, but that's, that's what the they only asked thing he's doing, do. which is what they're asking him mm-hmm. to do. The case report says Speakman exited his, his patrol car and began giving commands to the suspect. Oh, Speakman is the canine uh, dog mm-hmm. car. Who's uh, now fired. Yeah, the guy who's fired. The policeman. He exited his patrol car and began giving commands to the suspect before he deployed the canine on Rose after repeated warnings from the state trooper, according to the vi- video footage. Mm. The dog runs towards officers, then turns to Rose and attacks him, pulling wow. him to the ground, the video shows. Rose is seen and heard screaming and crying out for uh. the officers to pull the dog off him. Um, he continues to cry out as officers call out for a first aid kit. Rose was shown later being treated by the officers. And it kind of skipped this part. There's a woman, I think from the state troopers, mm-hmm. that is, she's a cop, that walks up to him, sees the state he's in right after the dog attack and walks back with her hands over her mouth and knows like, oh my God, like it was really Grotesque. a disturbing thing to see. Mm-hmm. Um says, Rose was treated and released from a hospital before being taken to the Ross County Jail, according to a case report from the Damn. Ohio State Highway Patrol, which notes he faced a charge of failure to comply with an order to signal by a police officer a fourth degree felony. What? It's Ohio. <laughs> That's insane. He was released from custody July 7th. The Ross County Prosecutor's Office told CNN, adding the office is still collecting evidence before it determines whether to move forward with the charge Charges. against him. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. Well, um, having not seen the video, it sounds horrible uh, from, from the description. And there are so many horrible police videos. It's gonna, It just gets overwhelming. One There's thing I so think is really crazy about this story is the fact that that was within police protocol, supposedly. What was? Well, to release the dog on the guy without the oh, guy doing anything. Oh, because you were saying the review board said, well, yeah, it was yeah, fine. Yeah, he was okay. But yeah. the police basically said, well, no, it wasn't anyway. okay. He shouldn't have done that. Because, again, the guy didn't actually, like, present any kind of threat. Because normally that's the the claim that you'll hear the cops make is, well, I was afraid for my life. That's why they have to shoot somebody to death. In this case, they couldn't say that he was a, a being a danger or anything like that. And so that's why they had to fire him, is, yeah. is what it sounds like. But it says that their training and protocols were fi- followed. Mm. So mm. that's apparently okay. If it's not caught on camera and they're mm-hmm. afra- not afraid that they're going to have another situation on their hands where the people get upset that they killed a person were or these hurt a person. body cameras that they were using? It must I'm not have been, sure. right? Uh, it, I don't think it says in this article. Well, you saw the video, didn't you? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now and it. You can't really tell if it's body cam or what. Usually you can tell. Usually it's, uh, you know, somebody's, you can see like an arm or something like that uh, sticking out. But anyway, the reason I ask is because body cameras were pretty controversial when they first came out. Are you asking out. body cam or car cam? I guess there are, are car the cameras, yeah. Usually, usually, yeah. It looks, oh, maybe it's a body cam. It looks like when somebody walks, kind of look moves like someone's walking. I think it's body cam, yeah. Okay. It sounds like you might be playing audio. There you go. Uh, so the co- body cameras were relatively controversial when they first came out. There were kind of two schools of thought within the cop uh, accountability or the cop block community. Some people said this is a good thing. More cops with cameras can't be a bad thing. I mean, we're going to see what they're doing more often. Uh, on the other hand, the other side of it was, well... But body cameras could be used against people as much as they could be used against the police because they could capture people doing X, Y, or Z victimless crime. I think crime. it's been shown by now that it is a good thing because 
as long as much as they can use evidence against you if they didn't have a camera on them they could just say that you did whatever you wanted so it doesn't really it's not even like they needed the police evidence it's not even like they would needed a video to say that you said something yeah well they could that just is lie true before. Mm, that's true yeah i i was leading on the side at the time of pro body cams but i thought the uh the critique was kind of interesting there was another critique that said that Eventually, the body camera feeds could be tied into some sort of like facial recognition database and just like a cop walking down a main street could be scanning people's faces. They're not even there to do anything, right? They're just walking down main street and some computer system is scanning everybody's face and then all of a sudden he gets a text message saying, oh, arrest the blonde guy or whatever. And that's not that crazy because it is what they do right now with um, car license scanning. And that's a due process violation. That shouldn't be happening. But I happens. don't think it happens in New Hampshire. I believe that they prohibited that from happening here by the police, if I recall correctly. But that is a thing that does happen in a lot of places. And and they can also still go and type in people's licenses so they can still go into a parking lot and you know type license plate numbers into whatever database search. But I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to actually just wholesale uh, use scanners on people. In New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. But yeah, it does happen where a, a police car can just be sitting there and every car that drives past it gets mm-hmm. in the camera of its scanner. Or if they roll through a parking lot. Yeah. And then really snag, snag a bunch of plates. and Oh, this guy's got a warrant out. Yep. And of course, you know, somebody that's a pro-cop person listening might say to themselves, well, somebody has a warrant out. They, they should be arrested. Well, there's a lot of warrants out for people for completely victimless so-called crimes of, you know, possession of whatever chemical or, or plant so it's just a due process violation. You shouldn't be searched just because you drove your car to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's an unreasonable search, which is Fourth Amendment, right? Yeah. Well, but privacy is uh, less and less now than it's ever been. And People that's don't not, seem to care. And that's not to defend uh, that fact. It's just to simply point that out. And that kind of ties into another story that we can talk about here tonight, Bonnie, the world coin thing, uh, which is... I, I, I had ju- I had not heard about this until just the last few days, but apparently it's been in development for a few years. I found out about it last night. I got an alert on my phone from a crypto wallet app mm-hmm. that messaged me, "World Coin is skyrocketing. Get in on World Coin now." Like something I've never mm. seen it say about any other crypto. It's not like I get a message about that about Dash all the time. It, it was so strange. I, I even. Showed it to him just to be like, this is weird. And he said, oh, it's that world coin thing. And I had never heard of it till last night. So what is it, Ian? Well, um, according to various different sources, this is a crypto project started by one of the founders of OpenAI. And we've talked a lot about ChatGPT and some of the artificial, quote unquote, artificial intelligence uh, things that are out there these days. And what is his name? Isn't it also Sam Bankman? No, it's Altman. Yeah, it's, it's the alt of Sam Bankman. Or the alternative, the alternative Sam- to being a man or something like that. <laughs> Altman. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Sam Altman. This is the same guy who was in front of Congress within the last couple months, you know, talking about how they need regulation of the world of AI. And the uh, open AI is, as we pointed out on this show, an organization that is not open in any way, shape, or form. They are not open source, for instance. You would think that a company called OpenAI 
would be open source, but no, they're not. They uh, they have it's closed source. You have no idea what's going on uh, behind the box, so to speak. And this Chat GPT thing that they came out with has certainly taken the tech world and maybe even beyond that by storm. I mean, there's no doubt that it's been incredibly popular and incredibly, I think, profitable for them so far. They're charging people to use their Chat GPT for service. And they want regulations, and they want to help write the regulations. I mean, this is the definition of a bad guy, big tech corporation that, Mm. you know, like Microsoft and Google, they're that kind of company. They are very, you know, uh, controlling, compliant, compliant, yep, demanding more controls, very controlling of their own users. The OpenAI, quote unquote, their service is highly restricted. The robot or whatever the the AI that they have won't even curse. I mean, it's highly highly restricted on oh, what it can say. Oh, this one they, they get mad if you jailbreak it. Well, yeah, they don't like you jailbreaking their their product for sure. They'll kick you out of your account. Maybe they will. Um, they haven't kicked me out of the account yet. But anyway, this uh, very same guy who's behind OpenAI is also involved in Worldcoin. He's one of the founders of this new cryptocurrency. That, at least I presume, is a cryptocurrency. I have not looked deep enough to know if it retains all the usual hallmarks of a cryptocurrency, which would include decentralization and, you know, cryptography and uh, blockchains. And, like, there's certain things that you should have in order to be called a cryptocurrency. So I don't know if that's true here, but it's being purported, at least by the crypto media, as a crypto project. And according to Forbes, Benjamin Curry writing this piece here. This is a, apparently a a partner link. So I don't know if this is a puff piece or whatever, but it goes over it. So Digital ID Platform Worldcoin officially launched on Monday this week, co-founded by OpenAI CEO Sam Altman. Worldcoin aims to provide its users with a verified digital identity plus a cryptocurrency token named Worldcoin, W-L-D. It's kind of this thing that Elon Musk wants to do where you can't really be on the internet unless you're verified. Is that an Elon Musk thing too? He wants to make it to where everybody is verified on Twitter, and that's just like a small step. Yeah, but he's charging for that. So in this case, they're giving coins away. So they are actually bribing users but hasn't he said, Elon Musk said that when he does his X website, when he finally, Which he's doing now. When made, he finally has it all the way out, yeah. he wants it to be like you have to be verified. And that way it's everyone with their own digital identity. I don't know how far he's intending to take that because I suspect it's only a small portion of the Twitter slash X uh, user base that is actually verified. I don't know what percentage it is, but I suspect it's not larger than... 10% would be my guess, but that's that's just a shot in the dark um, because most people aren't used to paying for social media. Most people are used to getting social media for free. And then, of course, that means if you're getting something for free, you are the product. They're then selling you and you have advertisers and things like that. And if he wants people to sign up for his service, he's going to have to sweeten the deal a little bit. Um, I did sign up for it initially when, when Elon Musk first took over, just sort of on the the excitement of the fact that he was kind of bringing some fresh ideas to the to the forefront. I did sign up for it and then subsequently uh, canceled, I think, within about three months because they hadn't really made it more of a free speech platform. They were still restricting people for saying things that are that they should be allowed to say. And so it's like, I don't want to give this person money 
to continue doing this. So I think that, and and one of the other things was even if you're paying them eight dollars a month, they are still showing you advertisements. So I could see eight dollars a month. Like if you're a heavy Twitter user, I could see eight dollars a month being worthwhile just to get rid of the advertisements, just because they're obnoxious and they're always and they're ever present. They always make me want marshmallows. If Why you get those ones, I get too? advertised this marshmallow company all the time, where you That's can weird. order these big old chunks of marshmallows, and they I've look never seen so that one. Good. Maybe oh, wow. you've typed marshmallow into no, Twitter No, that's what before. made me look up how to make marshmallows, <laughs> and then I did. So, uh, yeah, I don't know uh, what his plans are for that, but in this case, Elon Musk is like way behind, uh, at least as far as this technology is concerned, because this is a technology that is more than just a cryptocurrency. It is what they're calling a verified digital identity, and in order to get one of these accounts, you don't just go and sign up on some website. You have to physically go in real life to a place and scan your iris into this Orwellian ball. Looks like a magic eight ball to me. It has this little screen on one side that looks like where you would get the answer. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a cutout of a sphere. Yeah, except instead of black, uh, it is uh, chrome. The screen. Well, I'm talking about the 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 ball itself. Uh, So there's more coming up here and... Bonnie can get the number. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Are you willing to give up your iris scan for what is apparently about $60 worth of cryptocurrency? It's Free Talk Live. is the number for you to call if you'd like to call in about whatever is on your mind or talk about whatever we're talking about, uh, give us your opinion, or bring up anything you want. Um, We've been talking in the last hour about WorldCoin, a alleged cryptocurrency. I learned a little bit about that, but go ahead. That is causing people to verify themselves, not just by sending in an email and verifying the email or something like that, but by going in person to line up at a building and grab this orb that will be in this building. It looks like a magic eight ball and people are putting their eyes up to it to get a retina scan in order to verify themselves and receive about $60 worth of world coin. Yeah, I was looking uh, to find out a little bit more about it, and according to CoinGecko.com, the WorldCoin is not a cryptocurrency in that it's not its own currency. It is, however, a crypto token. So for listeners that don't know the difference, a cryptocurrency is like uh, what they call a level one crypto, like a Bitcoin or an Ethereum or something like that. And then a token is usually built on top of an existing cryptocurrency. So the Ethereum blockchain, which is currently the number two blockchain in the world, right after Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum is where most of these token projects are being created. 
And so apparently WorldCoin, at least at this point, is just an Ethereum token, which there's a bunch of those out there. So it doesn't like there's no new technology that's that's involved here or anything mm. like that. It's just an Ethereum token, just like, uh, you know, what are some of the other ones? Uh, Shiba Inu, for instance, which took the world by storm for about three months uh, you know, two years ago and shot up real high in value and then hasn't done anything since then. But there's uh, there's that one that Kim Kardashian was uh, was pimping that it's she like got in trouble Ethereum for. Yes, yeah, somebody's and again, anybody who wants to can just go and create a, a Ethereum token. It it costs very very little, and apparently they're going to make ten. Uh, is it billion? Ten billion world coin are going to be put into circulation maybe to start they could change that uh down the line but that's all it is right now now they do on their website claim that this is a going to be decentralized it's going to be developed openly they're talking about a decentralized autonomous organization so it sounds like they've got big plans for this it's just kind of silly because it's like it doesn't sound needed there's already things with decentralized autonomous organizations that are not only tokens i just it it makes it even weirder to me that i got that notification on my phone from crypto.com saying mm-hmm. like you should buy some world coin it's really skyrocketing check this out and that's just weird like they obviously paid for some kind of an advertisement yeah it could very well never be. seen them crypto.com give me any other ads like that but we have major pain here with his theory about why they're doing this retina scan of the orb to get a cryptocurrency because i mean there's apparently some fish it's an iris scan too. i don't know if that's different is is an iris scan retina. different from oh. a retina scan i don't know i don't know you're but, on the you're, line you're, major pin they're they're uh they're both better than your fingerprints mm-hmm. your fingerprints can change over the years with scars and you know broken digits and whatnot but uh you you'll see a guy that you haven't seen for 40 years and he'll totally have physically changed, but mm-hmm. you can still recognize his eyes. Okay. That, this is a fact because it's happened to me. But as far as this retina scan, I think this is all a felony fishing expedition. The Europeans have been collecting retina scans for years, just hmm. like fingerprints. Mm-hmm. So if you're stupid enough to go give them your eyeball and your address and say, send me 30 bucks, and sure, it's, their 30 bucks is going to show up there, and there's going to be a Bobby and a Lori with them. Bonnie's probably too young to remember this, but in Philadelphia, and I think it was Florida, too, they uh, they sent out notifications to all these known felons. That, hey, you want a big screen colored TV? Just come on down and collect. <laughs> wow. Florida is a big, fat speedboat. And you'd be surprised how many of these idiots went down to claim their damn prizes. Yeah, it wow. was an intelligence test. I remember hearing about that story. I've never heard of that. But if they had the addresses of the felons, why didn't they ever go and get them? Because why not just let them come to you? Hmm. It's a lot easier. Yeah. A lot less dangerous, Shoot I guess that's true. Indeed. Fish in a barrel. So I'm taking it you're not going to go sign up for the free $60 worth of uh, crypto? No, I, I think not. By the time I had to stand in line, I could probably make 60 bucks. And apparently <laughs> yeah, there are point. some lines. Uh, there is a video that was shared by the founder of this company, Sam Altman, uh, who shows, I don't know, a couple blocks worth of people waiting in line in what appears to be an Asian country to scan their irises in order to receive what is apparently 25 world coin. Right now they're valued at about $2.30 a piece. And so that's just under sixty dollars worth of uh, world coin. And uh, major uh, makes if, a- if I was if I was hard enough up where I was having to sell my plasma to get a burger, 
maybe, but give, no, no, no. I'm never giving up any of my personal data that I don't have to to the freaking government. That, make, that makes a good point that um, I, it probably isn't all about the money. It probably isn't all about the 60 bucks. I mean, that's pretty funny to think, oh, you're giving up your personal information for only 60 bucks. I think another part about it is just the wanting to be a part of something. Like, oh, I've mm. never seen this before. I, I want to do it. It's new. I want to be a part of it. Well, I mean, I guess it would depend on your economic circumstances, right? So it is possible that this is going to attract more poorer people because for them, 60 bucks might mean, you know, getting to eat this week or yeah, something like that. Yeah, but do they like even that, know how but... to spend cryptocurrency? Well, well I don't know. Ben- there's a quote from Benjamin Franklin that pretty much puts this to the point. He says, those that give up essential liberties for a little perceived safety mm-hmm. deserve neither. True. Good point. Well, thank you for the call, Major Payne. Uh, I just think it's ridiculous uh, to give up your personal information for any of these things when you can just use something that won't ask for your personal information and well, it works. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here uh, to, to some extent, Bonnie, because you, you'd you made an interesting point before we took Major Payne's call, and that was that, what do we need this for? There's already a zillion cryptocurrencies. Why, do, why is this one different? And while it is just an Ethereum token, and anybody can go and roll up their own Ethereum token tonight if they want to, if you want a billion Bonnie coin, you can just go and, you know, create it. Doesn't mean it will be worth much, but you can make it. And to their credit, this coin is already worth over $2. So the market is saying to some extent that there's some value uh, to what they're proposing to do. And what they're proposing to do is to create. A world identification. So WorldCoin isn't as much a crypto token. It has a crypto token, but the idea is to have identity assigned to humanity, essentially. And specifically, the guy who runs this company, who also runs OpenAI, he's saying in the future, or in the relatively near future, we're going to need a way to discern the difference between humans and and artificial intelligence. And so essentially he's pitching this by saying, if you want to be able to prove you're a real person on the internet, then you're going to need this. That's just stupid. Just go on websites that don't, you know, ask you to prove that you're a real person and ignore that crap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's going to be websites you're still going to have to, like, if you want to log into uh, a bank website or something like that, they may end up requiring stuff like but this. But will they when the they future. can't even get um, to the point where enough Americans, after Americans went in, said, sure, I don't mind my DNA being changed. I'll take the cryptocurrency or the vaccine. I, even after that, they haven't gotten to a place where they can require real ID. No, they that still is true. Having to push that back. That's true, and and banks, of course, are a terrible example of uh, companies as far as adopting technology because mm. they're slow and stupid as well. But but he does make an interesting point. It's if not, it's not a persuasive one to me. I'm not ready to go sign up for Worldcoin here. But let me tell you a little bit more about it, and then you can decide, Bonnie, what what you think about it. Uh, so according to Worldcoin, it ad- advances in artificial intelligence have made it increasingly difficult to tell whether online activity written text, digital artwork, or really anything that exists on the internet came from real humans or AI. The company proposes to help resolve this confusion by deploying a sort of digital passport based on what it calls proof of personhood. The goal is simple. A global That's a legal term. Is it? Person. Oh, the, right, the word person. 
So the goal is simple, a global financial and identity network based on proof of personhood, said Altman. He says it feels especially important in the AI era. I'm hopeful WorldCoin can contribute to conversations about how we share access, benefits, and governance of future AI systems. Uh, The article here at Forbes says WorldCoin's platform verifies a user's identity by scanning their iris to create personal, secure identification codes. The codes are saved on a decentralized blockchain, and the company claims they cannot be duplicated or spoofed to create false identities or engage in fraud. But I guess what I don't understand is, and I have not looked deeply into this, if you were to go through this process... First of all, you have to physically go to a place. There's uh, apparently as many as a couple dozen cities now that that have these world coin orbs that you were describing as a magic eight ball looking thing. They're they're all chrome, and you have to stare at it for some amount of time as it scans your iris, and then you're signed up. You uh, you know you've given it some other form of way to contact you. I don't know how that works exactly. The video that we saw, Bonnie shows people scanning their phone so like they're holding something up maybe they're downloading the world coin app because they do have some sort of an uh, a wallet app or whatever so you create an account on the wallet app you scan it into this orb and then you scan your eyes to their credit they're not asking people to show any other form of id so you don't have to like show it your government identification or anything like that. Then why can't I just go sign up and say, "Hey, my name is Nikki Sunshine." You could. You could t- say what whatever. Saying. You could say whatever you wanted as far as your name is concerned. But the point that they're uh what they're doing here is they are cataloging humans based on their irises, but later on you'll see they claim to not save your iris information. Now, I don't know if there's any reason to believe that claim, but that is what they're saying. They're saying they're only using this data to ensure you don't sign up for WorldCoin more than one time. Because that would be an obvious way to try to scan this system, right? As you go and sign up more than once and you get more than 25 WorldCoin or whatever, right? So the, the way that they would do that is, um, have you, do you remember hearing about hashing during the Crypto 6 trial? Um, yeah, that it creates some kind of a math question. Yeah, so essentially a hash is like a computer code that's unique to any given computer file. And that could be true about your iris data, right? So if your iris data is unique data, if it's true that they're not saving the iris data, what they can do is they can make a hash from your iris data. And so from the hash code, if they just save the hash code, they don't actually have your iris data. They had it, but then they supposedly deleted that and they just saved the hash code. So if you then show up and you try to scan your iris at a different orb and you say, well, I'm new to this, so I want another 25 world coin. Yeah, but they'll check your hash against the other hashes they have in the system and they'll know really answer you've my already question. done it. Like if I can sign up and say I'm anyone, then how does it verify anything? All it it does is it verifies that you really went and did this, that you are in their system. You can only have one account. Okay, but it's like for not getting the other 60 bucks, but that's like not as big of a deal as what I'm saying. It's it's not like it's really verifying anything if I can say I'm anyone. That's correct. Yeah, they don't know who you are, at least according to what I've seen here. They're just trying to prove that you're a human. That's all they're doing, at least at this stage. Whether other things come later, what other things they have in mind, I don't know. So they secure, they scan your iris, they save the data on a blockchain, 
and they claim it can't be spoofed or duplicated. But that's you know the part that's really con- con- confusing to me because like why couldn't some human scan their information into the system and then just turn it over to an AI? How is it that the AIs would be prohibited from getting this data and using it to pretend like they're a human online? That part I don't understand at all. Um, I just it, think people should get over wanting to be online and never encountering AI stuff. Just get not stupid. And if you have a real question about something you're seeing, ask someone in real life in some capacity. Sure. No doubt about it. So WorldCoin is a digital identification platform, they say, that aims to provide each person on Earth with a convenient way to verify they're a real human and not a bot or an AI algorithm. The company building WorldCoin, which is called Tools for Humanity, co-founded by Sam Altman, who is known better known for creating ChatGPT. He, ironically, has played a central role in sparking the current AI gold rush, which has significantly worsened the very problem that WorldCoin proposes to solve. WorldCoin has built its digital passport system using the cryptographic and blockchain tools that support the wider world of cryptocurrency. It also supports the WLD crypto token plus a payments platform. So how does it work? Well, think of it as a three-legged stool, they say at Forbes. It only works if people adopt and use three mutually reinforcing components. One, World ID, which is the heart of what they say the platform is. They claim it will enable users to verify their humanness while maintaining their privacy. This so-called proof of personhood is created by the iris scanning device called the Orb. Much like fingerprints, your iris pattern is different from every, every other human's. The orb scans your iris and uses its structure to create a unique identification code called an iris code. That code is not associated with your personal information. It, they say, exists to solely prevent people from acquiring more than one world ID. So you don't, like, have to give a name? That's... I'm not sure. Uh, Having not signed up for this, as you said, you could probably give them whatever name that you wanted to if they ask for a name because you're not required to show any ID. Uh, After the orb scans your iris and saves the code, it then issues you your world ID. It also permanently deletes, so they claim, each iris image. The system does not depend on pointing scanners at your eyeballs each time you need to verify your identity. Your world ID is added to the WorldCoin blockchain, and users deploy a cryptographically secure app to identify themselves. And oops, their recycling bin got hacked. Yeah. Where they I, immediately deleted all the iris information, too. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, you can't trust these people to do what they say they're going to do. And though, even though Since they claim. Since they're closed source. Well, right. Open, uh, open AI is closed source. Now, they're claiming WorldCoin is an open project. But it, they only said it will be open, not yeah, that I'm it not is sure. right now. I'm not sure if it is now or not. And either way, I don't know how you can trust that they're deleting these files. There's just simply no way to. Uh, verify that that, uh, that is the case. They claim that besides your world ID, the app can hold Bitcoin, Ethereum, and USDC. So it's they're trying to make just a general crypto wallet that will include the world coin as well. And then there's also this WLD cryptocurrency token, which is issued to users who took part in their beta program. It was airdropped to users Monday as part of their official launch And crypto exchanges have already listed WLD for trading, including KuCoin and Binance, which is the world's largest exchange. A total of 10 billion WLD will be issued over the course of 15 years, and there's about 143 million of them circulating right now. And as we learned earlier, you will be given approximately 25 of these coins if you are willing 
to go and sign up. Now, there's criticisms, of course, of WorldCoin, and they do summarize a few of them here, uh, including Vitalik Buterin, who is the founder of Ethereum, that after launching expressed his concerns about WorldCoin in a blog post. Buterin said the platform's iris scans could be harvesting more information than the company is letting on, or that someone could potentially scan someone else's iris in order to determine whether they had a World ID. An April 2022 MIT Technology Review article claimed that WorldCoin, quote, used deceptive market practices, marketing practices, collected more personal data than it acknowledged and failed to obtain meaningful informed consent. That's according to MIT. The company, however, issued a 25-page rebuttal to MIT's review Uh, saying, quote, we want to make it very clear that WorldCoin is not a data company and our business model doesn't involve exploiting or selling personal user data. WorldCoin is only interested in a user's uniqueness, i.e. that they have not signed up for WorldCoin before, not their identity. WorldCoin's been criticized for widely promoting the platform in the developing world. A significant portion of new users are in Asia and Africa, raising concerns about exploitation, which is why I said earlier, Mm. you know, what if this is something that is, you know, $60 for people in the United States isn't as big of a deal as compared to $60 for someone in Africa. If you're making a dollar a day, in Africa or $2 a day, then $60 is a significant amount of money. That is a big deal. That's probably worth standing in line for. But is it worth giving up your iris scan for? That's another question. The video that Sam Altman posted was from some Asian country with people literally wrapping around a block uh, waiting in line to go scan these uh, their ID or scan their their irises. Uh, Rich people? Are they going to be as interested in this? What's going to, you know, bring the richer people of the world into the fold? Are they going to be excited about WorldCoin? Because you'd have to just be an excited tech geek to think that $60 was worth, especially standing in a line for an hour to go and get signed up for this thing. So you don't sound like you're too interested in this, Bonnie. No, I don't really care if somebody posts things online saying they're me. But then again, I said this before and Mark said that I shouldn't say that. It sounds Chris Cantwelly of me, he said. But I'm already unemployable, so I look at the world a lot different than a lot of people. I don't care if someone posts something pretending to be me. I I can see why someone else would care. Like, I used to have this friend that used to say, like, I can't have any uh, compromising videos of me because Mm -hmm. what if I want to, like, run for president one day? And I would always just be like, that's so stupid, like... No one cares that you drank alcohol. I I don't know. I just have always been of this opinion. Like, I don't care if someone makes a video saying they're me. I can just be like, it wasn't me. I, I just don't get this craze. Like, if you're not president right now, the video of you saying something isn't going to, like, end the world. And you can always put a video out saying it wasn't you. I, I don't know. Well, I just right don't now, get this. It's, it's easier than ever to make fake videos. So... The whole idea that uh, you can protect yourself from this is absurd because anybody who's got the deep fake technology, which is becoming even more accessible and even cheaper to do, can easily make there can easily be a fake Ian video or a fake Bonnie video out there. And all you'll ever be able to do is say, well, that wasn't me because you won't be able to prove either way. It'll be so persuasive. It'll be so good. It'll look so real. It's not quite to that point yet. But probably within the next year or two, probably before the election, you're going to see 
crazy good deepfakes of Joe Biden and Donald Trump and all these characters. You know, that's right. So because of that, we should just throw out the whole voting process. It's not it's no good anymore. No, that'd be great. Uh, so they apparently, according to Cointelegraph, are actually having a tough time. So despite the fact that the owner of this company had posted a video showing a huge line of people, Cointelegraph.com is saying that they are slowing down. There's not a lot of people who are willing to sign up for this world coin thing. In and fact, that's why when you said it was already $2 earlier, I was just thinking, well, that might for be how the long? Peak. Yeah, that might be the peak. According to a report published by South China Morning Post, the three designated locations in Hong Kong only had about 200 signups on the first day. Hmm, doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah. What do you think? Would you sign scan your iris for this thing? It's Free Talk Live. Radio that you control, and you can call in at 603-283-6160 for whatever is on your mind. Bring up whatever you want or talk about what we're talking about. It doesn't matter. It's Free Talk Live. And actually, we're going to do just that. It's me, Bonnie, in the studio. And it's Ian. And we're going to go to Sarah in New Mexico. What's on your mind, Sarah? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to bring up that... um couple years ago, like five years ago, they're going to build a half a billion dollars worth of uh, community center in a very wealthy neighborhood, and we opposed it and stopped it from building it. Why? Well, it's just not there. I mean, it would have took me three buses to go to that community center. And then I'm in a poor neighborhood. We we don't even have a library. We just barely keep a library or anything open there. And I and I thought it was so unfair. But I think beggars can't be choosers. You know, the kind hindsight. I I would have supported that now, because it would have been a, a public access. It's a community. It's a community center. So even if it's a wealthier neighborhood. Poor people could have still used it, you know? So So you've changed your mind is what you're saying? Yeah, because it sounds like what you're saying is since people said we don't want it built in that neighborhood, it's now not getting built at all? That's correct. We stopped, my community um, stopped it because of unfairness. I mean, how can they afford (laughs) a half a So now you're feeling sorry after you advocated this thing not be built where you didn't want it to be built. But now it's not being built, period, and now you're sad about that? And she said that beggars can't be choosers. Mm-hmm. She called herself a beggar. That's right. It's the, yeah, that's it. Fair. Having some kind of a community access, another access, the beggars can't be choosers. You're right. Mm-hmm. Even if I had to take three buses to get there, I would have been entitled to another, instead of what they had, they would have had another one. What sort of things so were supposed be- to be happening? I mean, what what was the plan for this thing? What What events would have been attracting you to get on the city bus and go out there? Um, well, they were supposed to have a, a, um, a skateboard park. It was supposed to be, like, worth half a million. Like but you're not a skating million. person, right? Like, you don't go skateboarding. Right. They would have a community room. They would have a gym. They would have, like, public showers for the gym. They would have uh, maybe a computer room. The usual same thing as a community. 
community center, if you wanted to have a, a meeting, have a, some kind of a neighborhood meeting, you're entitled as long as you book it. Mm-hmm. And so, are you a workout person? Do you go to the gym? No, I I am I am not a workout person, mm-hmm. but I've seen the community center in the wealthier neighborhood. Do you think, hold on, before you go on, I'm just curious. I just want to see what's interesting about this to you. So you wouldn't likely start using the gym if there was a gym there? No, I wouldn't, but they, no. but they have um, sitting areas where you could... Sitting. Um, like like tables where you could study, mm-hmm. uh, chairs for you to relax. Yeah, and, yeah, but isn't there like a library you could go to if you wanted to study things? I mean, they have that already, don't they? But this is going to be, a, in addition, they do have a community center. How far away is the library to your house? Pretty close. Pretty close. Okay, like, so if you want to go study and sit down in a chair... You could go to the library right now. Oh, that's, co- that's correct. Yeah, okay. I'm just trying to that's see correct. what this thing is bringing to the table that is interesting to Sarah. So the gym part, not so much. Sitting down, I mean, you can do that in a lot of places. You kind of you kind of already have that. Uh, you could probably have a chair at your house. Yeah, whatever the other thing was that I you said you weren't interested in. Oh, the skateboard park. Uh, so there was a right. computer room, and we know from your previous calls, Sarah, that you're not particularly computer-oriented, so I don't think you're going to go there. I mean, you're not going to go there to use a computer, right? Not really, but what, what I like about And hold on, hold on, just to clarify before you go on, most libraries these days have computers. Mm, yeah, now, I mean, point. Albuquerque right. is a pretty big city. I'm presuming there's computers available for public use at the library, right? Well, they gave out free tablets for ten dollars at the library. Have, no, just hand them out to take them home. That you, I mean, you don't even have to go to the library to get use a computer. But free tablets for ten dollars. Does make sense? That's what she said. She said that. Yeah. yeah. How is it a free tablet for ten dollars? That's a great question, Bonnie. Well, they they want that much to register, and you're good for like three years, and you have access to computers. So I I think they came up with that. With the COVID, so then the public library accesses were all closed down for a while. So this is what it's like the same thing as a free phone, but it's a free tablet. Okay, but it's ten dollars. Well, it's still way cheaper right. than. I mean, it's almost free, but uh, it's not. Tablet would be so it's, it's not almost really, free. So just to clarify, are these tablets? You're basically are you checking out the tablet from the library for ten dollars, and that you have to return it within three years, or is it that it, you're buying the tablet and you never have to bring it back? Right, it, the, it's a it's a freebie, but not not really. As long as you pay fifteen dollars, it's yours and it works for fifteen years. As long as now you it's fifteen dollars. I, I don't know. It's a ten. The or price just okay. It's ten or fifteen dollars. But what you're saying is you don't have to bring it back to the library three years later no. or something. Okay, so they're selling yeah. these things, but they still have computers at the library, right? Like you could just go and sit That's down correct. at a computer. That's yeah. Okay. So, what is it that this uh, community center is really bringing to the table that you feel was necessary? Well, what I felt wasn't necessary when I went to the North Domingabaca, it was pretty crowded when it was like 103 degrees. Mm-hmm. It'll be another additional more space for me for people to. Use it as like a, a cooling center. A cooling like, you know, center. Well, Sarah is not homeless now, but she used mm-hmm. to be homeless. So right. maybe the point is just a place to go in the daytime that is not the Albuquerque, New Mexico heat. 
That's correct. It's another additional place uh, to go. And I don't want to be with a bunch of homeless people in a cooling center. This is more like a senior center, community, a little bit upgrade, a little bit. Even you know, when you were a homeless person, Sarah? Well, you know, they don't tolerate like shopping bags. And like, if you're really too smelly, they'll tell you go, to go to the other homeless <laughs> cooling centers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, that's the benefits of it. Now, on, in the hindsight, it would have been better to have something than better than nothing. Again, beggars can't be choosers. Right. And because you know, it was the rich that. neighborhood, maybe there wouldn't be as many stinky homeless people. Right. That, the, that was another thing I wanted to bring place. up to Sarah. Like, Sarah's big thing is she doesn't want young homeless women to be victims of trafficking and stuff like that. Uh, you know, getting propositioned to become uh, prostitutes and stuff like that. But if they were able to go to the one at the rich people neighborhood, there'd probably be a lot less of that than if it was built in a poor neighborhood where no one cares That's what's going on outside of it. Tolerate that. Yeah, that, I don't think pimps would be too tolerated, you know what I mean, right. up that area. Well, I'm glad you were Even able to change your mind, Sarah. I mean, that's a nice thing to be able to do uh, on, on a topic. I don't know if I, I mean, I don't support building the community center with government or taxpayer money. I think if, if people want to have a pool or if people want to have a cooling room or if people want to have the, uh, skateboard park, they ought to raise the money on their own. The rich people sure as hell can raise the money on their own and build themselves a, a little park or a building or whatever, a big building, if that's what they want to do. I mean, so this is something that can totally be done without using the government. Maybe this will just give Sarah a lesson in being a busybody to think before she busybodies. Thank you for... Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that I, 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 you know what? Now I realize that, don't you know what? If I don't know something that well... Don't oppose things. You know All right. I, mean? I like great, that. Sarah. That's a good lesson to take away from this, Sarah. Good and thank on you. Thank you for your call. Yep. Stay out of other people's business. Although that's the problem with government. I mean, the thugs and the killers, the mafia, they are other people's business because they're stealing from everyone. So, I mean, if they're stealing from you, then you absolutely have a right to have an opinion about something. But I guess maybe Sarah's saying maybe she should learn about a thing before she develops an opinion about it. Right. I mean, the main thing you should always be advocating is to stop letting the parasites called government mm -hmm. steal from people. If you're starting off from that basis, you'll get hopefully more done than just saying, oh, I don't want it built here. I want it built here. Yeah, it'll still suck because it's a government project. So like a lot of things, it'll start out and it'll be all brand new and shiny. And within a matter of years, it'll be run down and people there will be depressed, and it'll be absolutely awful. Well, before Sarah called in, we were talking about this world coin, this coin where people can scan their IDs. Scan their iris, specifically. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Scan their eyes, their iris mm -hmm. in their eyes to get a picture so that way they can prove that they are themselves and prove that they're not duplicated. And that's all really weird, um, but the thing about it is people want a way out of the dollar are people that desperate to get out of the dollar no. and use something else no these are people who are not uh i suspect the majority of the people who are signing up for worldcoin probably just want to convert it into dollars or hmm. something like that how many of them like for instance when uh el salvador introduced in September of 2021, they they went Bitcoin. They had a Bitcoin legal tender law that got put into place, and they were giving away, I think it was about $30 at the time, mm. worth of Bitcoin. 
to anyone who would sign up. And, of course, they had to show ID in order to get into this because they didn't want people signing up more than once. And most of the people who signed up got their $30 worth of Bitcoin. They went to the nearest Bitcoin uh, vending machine and they converted the Bitcoin into cash. And that was the end of their experience with Bitcoin. So I suspect that's happening in this particular case. Uh, but whatever. I mean, it's I, it's not interesting to me. I don't want to give up that kind of biometric it just, data. It really doesn't seem like to answer my own question. It doesn't really seem like anybody interested in this world coin is really somebody who's interested in cryptocurrency for the reason it's important. No, for, I think you're right about that. For the reason that it is um, revolutionary, which is to get out of the dollar. Um, I only bring it up, though, because the IRS, a, I don't know, Calls them, they call themselves a service, a company. They're not a company. <laughs> no, it's government thugs. Well, they're government thugs, but I don't know what you would call them. A um, revenue collection agency. I mean, that's all they do. Agency. Yeah. Um, that is all Gang. about finding out your information and taking money from you, taking your spending power or your time away from you in the form of the dollars that you earn for doing a job yeah i think they calculate that it's like april or something april or may is how long the average american has to work from january to april yeah in order to pay the federal tax burden they have well that agency is now afraid of you they're too afraid of you to knock on doors as much anymore hmm I had actually, they never knocked on mine until they bashed uh, bashed in the uh, the house with a bear cat. Exactly. I was going to say, I had, I had never heard of this practice that the IRS apparently used to do. Um, well, they're still going to do it, but not as much. Hmm. Of knocking physically on people's doors at addresses they believe somebody can, uh, might live in order to collect. I had never heard of this. Is I it thought, to collect or to, co- to gather information? Um, maybe it's not too close. Well, still, either way, mm-hmm. it's ultimately to collect. But I, well, I've yes. never heard of this at all. And considering the fact that you, Ian, were charged with four counts, or was it one count? Four counts. Four counts of tax evasion. I mean, you would think that we would have gotten a knock of... No, not um, even a letter. Something like that in order to find out that they believed that you owed the money. But no, apparently they do this. They knock on people's doors, um, and we'll get into exactly why here in a minute. Hmm. And now they're, they're saying that they're not going to do it anymore because of risk. And I think that's a pretty good sign. It says, this is from um, Zero Hedge. IRS ends most unannounced agent visits to taxpayers' homes. Huh, wait, you mean people don't want to talk to the IRS? I'm shocked. Or they might not respond too kindly to it. Mm-hmm. The IRS has announced a major yet common sense policy change that will put an end to most unannounced agent visits to taxpayers homes mostly because of security concerns well i hope they fire uh the agents since they obviously aren't necessary well they just hired like seventy thousand last year uh, right yeah, that's right the move effective immediately reverses decades of policy that saw irs revenue officers knock on the doors of taxpayers homes without forewarning in attempts to resolve delinquent tax manners <laughs> matters wow the reason for the change according to a statement by the agency is to lower the risk that anxiety provoking surprise home visits by tax enforcement agents could spiral out of control. Is it the uh, concern that the agents are anxious or that the tax victims are anxious? Um, Probably both, but I think that in that sentence it meant the person who gets a surprise visit is anxious. I think it means that the agents are the ones that are anxious. They're the ones who are... I mean, obviously, the people on the other side of the door, the victims of the IRS, are 
likely to be feeling pretty anxious in a circumstance like that. I don't that. think that's what I meant in this sentence because it but says anxiety. I don't think anxiety, the IRS cares about those people. But it does in this ca- case, and it says anxiety provoking surprise home visits. So it means the surprise causes people anxiety. And because of that, it may, quote, they're spiral. Lying. No, it may, they don't, it's not they're saying we don't like giving you anxiety and you didn't let yeah. me finish the sentence. It says, a surprise and anxiety provoking surprise home visits by tax enforcement agents could spiral out of control, posing a hazard to both taxpayers and agency field officers. Yeah, that's all they care about. They don't care about the people in the houses. They don't care if they're causing them anxiety. They didn't say or they anything did. like that. This article never said that they did. They just are saying it that suggests since that. they since they are causing anxiety to people, it's causing concern to for safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all they care about is their agents' well-being. They don't care about the taxpayers. And they probably did add in both the taxpayer mm-hmm. and the agency, and they really care about the field agency, but yeah. they were never saying, we're afraid of giving you anxiety because we care about you. They mm-hmm. weren't saying that. Experience shows that unannounced door knocks at homes and businesses were, were high-risk encounters with agents routinely facing hazards and uncertainty <laughs> while making surprise visits, according to the IRS. Mm-hmm. Oh. Unannounced visits also created what the IRS called public confusion and posed risk to taxpayer safety. Quote, to taxpayer safety. Uh-huh. These visits created extra anxiety for taxpayers already wary of potential scam artists, IRS Commissioner Danny Werfel hmm. said in a statement. At the same time, the uncertainty around what IRS employees faced when visiting these homes created stress for them as well. This is the right thing to do and the right time to end it, unquote. Oh, yeah. The IRS all of a sudden concerned about the right thing to do. Well, if they really are concerned about the right thing to do, they can just disband the agency and all go home. Because honestly, it's not even necessary. As far as the federal government system is concerned, the IRS, as I understand it, what they do is they collect money that pays down the interest on the national debt. That's all. It doesn't go to actually running the quote-unquote government it doesn't run the federal agencies or anything like that it just goes to pay down the national debt and the interest on the or sorry not paid on the debt but pay the interest on the uh the national debt which is never ending so it's like they could probably just they could just abolish the irs and they could just print the money if they wanted to the other thing about it is what causes people more money yearly than doing taxes or, or anxiety? I'm about to say, uh, that's a big one. It's a huge thing. Like just the other day, I saw some art on Instagram. That this guy I like to follow called, um, man, I, I wish I could remember his name right now and I don't want to say it wrong, mm. but he creates all this art. That's like kind of about existential crises. Mm-hmm. And one of them showed a little guy being, uh, anxious with a to-do list and his, his to-do list was on his computer. The first thing said tax Taxes. forms. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like something that would be a archetypal thing that causes anxiety for sure i mean because so they you don't, don't care know. about causing you anxiety you, you know that uh, you, first of all you know what you don't know and you sure as hell don't know the tax code i mean not even attorneys could possibly know the tax code it's so complicated so the idea that you can somehow get through this process without making some sort of mistake that they then want you to sign saying you're swearing it's true under the penalties of perjury that's a pretty uh, intense process, right? Like, yeah, it's just paperwork, but if you put your name on that and there's something that's false on there, whether you intended it to be false or not, uh, they can come after you. Yeah. They can put you in prison for that. And not only that, it's just 
extra work on top of the work you got to do, and that causes anxiety because you don't feel like doing it. You put it off, right? And uh, you have to do it whether yeah, you, you don't use get paid into for it. it. I mean, it's not hard to use into it, but it kind of is because you got to grab if you've had a whole bunch of different jobs that year or something mm-hmm. like that. Lots of papers. You got to grab a whole bunch of different W twos, and it can be even more complicated if you do something like Uber Eats, and you need to make sure that you had. Don't forget to factor in buying of- crypto. They want to know about that now. And and what you're talking about is like the 1040 EZ form, right? That's the one that's the easy one to do. Everything else is even more complicated. This is why people hire accountants and things like that or CPAs in order to handle their taxes for them because you got a house and then you got to deal with whatever the hell you have to deal with there. What if you rent out a house to somebody else? Like the more... Uh, different ways that you have to make money, the more complicated these things get. You make it audited even if you find a way to do it and that's not very stress-inducing. You might still get audited and that's stress-inducing. Mm-hmm. Well, it says, the common sense step. Part of the problem, according to the IRS, is that there has been a rise in recent years of scam artists posing as IRS agents, creating confusion for both mm-hmm. taxpayers and local law enforcement. That's a fair point. I will give them that one. There are a lot of scams out there. I don't know how many of them are door-to-door scams. That's pretty brazen. It is pretty brazen. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I mean, I I would believe that it it does happen. The change comes amid the IRS's recent rollout of a new strategic operating plan, which seeks in part to put a kinder face on the tax (laughs) enforcement agency. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to see what they come up with to uh, to propagandize people about this. Your your friendly neighborhood tax man. Yeah, what a stupid. I don't know. I just hate every time I hear this like corporate lingo. Like we have our strategic operating plan. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. annoying. Yeah, I mean, is anybody really going to buy this one? I understand that they can propagandize people about the police, and they can propagandize people about the military. And there's a lot of these, you know, the government agencies that purportedly do good things some of the time. But this is like trying to make the parking enforcers look good. Well, even like since the dawn of humanity, people have not liked tax. Okay. That's what I'm saying. The Bible isn't the dawn of humanity is 2000 years ago. Mm-hmm. But even in the Bible, uh, the tax enforcers are described as like low lives. No one likes Jesus. Absolutely. Jesus had to uh, be friends with tax collectors and, it, and or not had to, but he befriended tax collectors because it was like no one would be friends with that guy right type yeah of thing. they should be uh thrown out of social circles they should be disallowed from being able to eat at restaurants they should be refused service at any place where they could possibly be refused service they should be they should be forced or to hide. at least yeah absolutely oh you're <laughs> with the irs that'll be a hundred percent more <laughs> Uh, they should be refused service in any place where they're known quantities, so that way they are constantly hiding what they do. Whenever they admit at a family dinner or something like that or on a date uh, that they're an IRS agent, people should get up and walk, walk out, out. Uh, on them so they would never actually feel any pride whatsoever in the thing that they do. Shame on those people. I know. like My sister's uh, boyfriend works for the IRS, and I always say that she's totally his karma. Wow. Your crazy crazy. sister? Yeah. It says, we are taking a fresh look at how the IRS operates to better serve taxpayers as if they serve (laughs) people. And the the Internal Revenue Service serves the federal government thugs. I mean, the government. That's who they are serving. They're literally serving them with revenue. That is what their job is. You are their victim. You don't serve a victim. 
you victimize that person. And what they're saying here is they're trying to put a happy face on the the victimization process. They want to somehow get people to think it's something other than what it is. And I think they're going to fail. They said making this change is a common sense step. Changing this long-standing procedure will increase confidence in our tax administration work and improve overall safety for taxpayers. <laughs> work. And I know. That's they, what I also laughed at. They have you do the work for them. Hmm. You have to do the calculations. You have to do the paperwork. They just process it. That's all they do. Um, somebody I know said that they used to work for an... They were an accountant, and so they were in an office with other accountants, and they made a game out of when they themselves were stuck on something, they were supposed to call IRS Mm. uh, agents. Mm -hmm. They made a game out of everyone calling and asking the same question and everyone giving different answers. Yeah. No one knows the actual answer. There's actually been studies done on this. There's uh, hardly any actual work going on. Where they will actually call the IRS and they will ask, like, there's like the 10 most frequently asked questions, essentially. They have that. That information's out there, right? What are the most asked questions that IRS gets asked? And they would ask the most common questions that you would think the agents would know. And they would still get what you're talking about. Because different the most answers, important thing answers. is not about filling out the forms correctly, but about compliance. Mm-hmm. It's all about you complied, you gave us your money, you gave us your information. Well, that's it for the for the night. This has been Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Call in any night to bring up whatever is on your mind because we care about free speech. Peace. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com